Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 60, milestone episode 60 of the Otaku Brothers podcast. My name is Rusty, and on this chill fall morning, I am joined by my forever co-host, Ryan. What's going on, man? I'm doing well. Yeah. It is uh, it is a beautiful morning. We, um, Lauren and I went to a concert because you ditched us. Wait, hold on a second. Pause, <laughs> pump the brakes. All right, come to an immediate stop. The reason I didn't go is because I bailed on my dad last Sunday. We were going to watch the Steelers, you know, steamroll over the LA Chargers, which we did. Our boy Hodges played pretty well. Okay. And uh, we got the win. We got the W. We looked really strong. Our boy James Conner, 30, our running back. Look, he was just an absolute tank. Couldn't be brought down. It was good times to watch. We have a bye week this week, and then we're back playing the Finns the following week. The Dolphins are terrible. Yeah. And Mason Rudolph will be back. So hopefully it'll be a good game. All of that to say, I didn't go to my dad's last Sunday because the Sunday night games don't start until like 8.15. My dad's like a 15-minute commute. And really, it was just a BS excuse not to go over there. Yeah. I never told you this. I actually haven't even told Lauren this, but um, your grandma passed away two weeks ago, right? Yeah. And we had the service. And I went up to the front where we kind of had a mural of pictures and just things that your grandma, um, just her belongings, some really close things when she was a nurse and things like that. And I was looking at some of the pictures, and your Uncle Johnny came over to me, and he said, you know, my mom was a huge Pittsburgh fan. And I was like, really? And I never put two and two together because she worked in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, she'd get so pumped up and fired up during the games. <laughs> if I was out with my buddies watching a game, like the Browns play, I'd get a call from my mom. Well, he'd go to his buddy's house. He'd mm-hmm. get a call from his mom, and his his friend would pick up the phone, and her mom, your, your grandma would just like be screaming into the phone about how the Browns were terrible and the Steelers were better and stuff like that. <laughs> so just really funny anecdotes. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I could picture her screaming about the Browns sucking. <laughs> no. And so then there was kind of this brief, you know, silence between your Uncle Johnny and I. And then he kind of just looked at me and kind of got like teary-eyed yeah. and said, cherish the time that you have with your parents. And kind of just walked away. And to me, like... Like, I love my parents. I try to spend as much time with my parents as I can. Yeah. But that, like, really hit me. And so, you know, you know, going to – or not going to watch the game last weekend, it's just like, Rusty, what the hell are you doing? Get it together. Yeah. And so I wanted – my dad asked, like, hey, what are you doing Friday night? And this was last weekend. And I, of course, forget that we have plans. Lauren is kind of my – administrative assistant she lets me know when we actually have to go and do things she's still like if i don't have an outlook invite for her i'm like i'm free yeah and then it pops up and then it's like shit okay i guess that's something well so the the ohio state buckeyes were playing last night on a friday night which is of course unusual for college football teams and so my dad said hey what are you doing on friday night you want to watch the game and i said uh yeah i should be able to do that let me check with lauren to make sure we don't have plans we of course had plans to go see ajr this band and we had three tickets. They were super cheap. I think they were like 30 bucks a pop or something like that. Yeah, not too bad. And I'm thinking like, I need to go watch this game with my dad because I want to spend time with him. It's been weeks since I've been able to go and watch a game with him. And at the end of the day, like, I, I think I can sacrifice some time, especially because I was going to prepare for the podcast last night. I didn't do any preparation because 
this is a mediocre fucking podcast, and the only value I'm bringing <laughs> to you guys, we're talking about a game about, called Dragon's Dogma, so I think, you know, you guys will... Fr- I have endgame strategies for stuff, so don't worry. Quickly forgive me for not preparing <laughs> for this podcast as I was spending time with my father watching the Ohio State Buckeyes destroy Northwestern. I think it was like 52-3. to But um, it was good times. Thank you for allowing me to do that. I should be thanking Lauren specifically. Yeah, so just so you don't, like, double book, we have something Tuesday... We have something Friday. Gosh, why and do we have something? I think so we have plans? something next Saturday. Yeah, I know Tuesday we're hanging out with our buddy Dylan. Which Friday is um, costume party. Costume party, and then another costume party on Saturday. Wow. For work. Okay. Yeah, but I'm bringing um, pulled chicken, like barbecue chicken for sliders, and it's going to be great. Nice. It's some. Um, Sweet baby rays. Mm. Um, it's like brown sugar, Worcestershire, oh. and some other stuff. I'm salivating just, at the mouth. You crock pot it for like six hours. It just falls apart. It's really good. Good stuff. I cool. used to do that. Like make full crock pots, but then you can't chi- like bag crock pot chicken well. No, I think you should also move out of that phase. No, I completely agree. I just... And so for yes, listeners' awareness, Ryan carries grilled chicken breast in a plastic bag and eats it out of the plastic bag with his hand. Well, so I had a bunch of containers, but now since I got a new lunch bag because my other one exploded. No, I think I told the thing. What? Basically a protein shake spilled in it when I was like going to the bathroom. Not the green one. The gr- I threw it away. Dude, you've had that for like forever i know i've had it for like four years you guys have been through some shit though we re yeah yeah it helped me cope in some hard times <laughs> my lunch bag and i um no i went to the bathroom one time and i had prepared a protein like in my protein shake bottle a protein shake mm-hmm. and i put it in there and i went to the bathroom on my way out of work and i just hear dripping and i was like oh someone must be peeing on the walls behind me and i turn around and all that's there is no one else is in the locker room it's just my lunch bag and i just see this brown puddle of protein shake that had leaked through my lunch box there's no onto the counter onto the floor and was just everywhere it was like 20 ounces of just liquid and there's no coming back from that like if you don't clean your your shaker bottles when you make either protein shakes or even you know your your uh, poison juices your crystal yeah. light packets you get mold you get nasty black mold infesting the lid that's just gross yeah. and you have to get little paper towels to sliver your way through to actually clean it out well yeah because the dishwasher doesn't even get it and it's not like you're gonna throw that nasty old green lunchbox into the washer it would just get destroyed oh it was it was already destroyed like the lid i don't think it held cold or like held a cold temperature yeah because it had been like ripped apart so many times from use all right well that's a three minute dialogue about a lunchbox yep protect Uh, your lunchboxes folks they're your friends so we went to the concert i guess is where we were at and we we I think originally we thought it opened at eight. Mm-hmm. The doors open, so we're like, oh shit, this is gonna be like eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, even one o'clock night because you have the opener and then it's like an hour delay and then the person comes on. No, so apparently Lauren read the thing wrong and it was it opens at six thirty for the doors. And we're like, you know, we can show up later, avoid traffic, and traffic at six thirty going into downtown isn't terrible, which. Yeah. I definitely appreciate. Um, 
so we left at 6.30, um, drove like 20 minutes, parked our car, and the line was all the way around the building, like the same it was for the NF concert. Yeah. And we're like, holy crap. It's like 7.15, 7.30. The line has barely moved. And we came in with a group of people that when we crossed the road, there's a like, you know how the lines diverge into two places to go into the building? Yeah, the there's two areas that you can enter. There was place. like a little gap going straight on that. Um, uh, why can't I? Why am I thinking patio? On the sidewalk. Okay. They just hopped in line and avoided like an hour and a half worth of waiting. So you guys did too? No, because we were the only ones from that group with a moral compass and went to the back of the line. Good for you guys. Yeah. So we ended up waiting. By the time we got in, it was maybe eight o'clock. And the person who was the um, playing before AJR were just doing their things. They're playing some Black Eyed Peas and just random music. Really? They're just doing covers? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. And we're like, you know what? We've committed. I stood in this pizza line, and it was maybe 30 people deep. And it was barely moving. Ugh. And we like we met some people from Kentucky and like one girl who played every instrument under the sun in line. All right. It was cool. And... Like the girl from Kentucky ended up bailing, like after moving like two people in fifteen minutes, and we're like, you know what, we're committed. Understandable. By the end of this, we're gonna be hangry, like beaten up fans. Yeah. Don't. So we waited, and but we looked down when we got to the front of the line. It was like nine o'clock, and AJR had not gone on. Holy crap! Typically, the main show comes on at around nine and plays yeah. until like eleven. So I mean, it might have been like five minutes too. We were spicing up our pizza. I got a classic pepperoni. Lauren got cheese. Put a bunch of red pepper flakes that I'm going to suffer from today. Probably in about two and a half hours, you'll be hitting the toilet. It'll be yeah, gross. after this coffee that I just had. Mm. And um, a bunch of cheese powder. And then got some ranch because it was a Friday and I earned that shit from this week. Yeah, you did. And um, so we went to this like table, started eating our pizza. I downed it because... It's been months since I've had pizza, and Lauren takes her sweet time. She does. And, like, I, I'm done with my thing. She's, like, halfway done, and we just hear, like, everyone erupt screaming. And AJR had just, like, popped their heads out and started their first song, and I'm just, like, looking at Lauren, like, come on. We're, we're going to be behind the stage eating pizza while a concert's going on. So she finishes... We kind of go in one of the side areas, and we don't really... We kind of have a bad angle. It's very sharp, so all we see is, like, the person on the keyboard. We end up, like, snaking our way back around and standing kind of in that... You have, like, the upper fields that slope down, mm -hmm. and then you have that dividing concrete path, and then you have the lower bowl. Yep. So we kind of stood on that, um, like, off to the side on that dividing path. That's kind of the picture. She sent me a photo before you guys came home. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Um, we were looking around in line when we got there, like when we were waiting in line to get in, and we are like, there are a lot of middle schoolers and like young girls. Well, it's interesting. And, so I park right behind the, the venue yeah. that you were at. And so I left work yesterday around 233 because not only was there the concert going on but there was also wizard con at the yes. convention center yeah so a lot of bunch of people dressed up as like yeah, harry like potter and stuff Clark kent was gonna be there uh henry winkler was gonna be there too yeah there's a there were a lot of people that i knew pretty prominent actors. actors i mean my friends those actors <laughs> yeah 
people I associate with on a regular day, uh, basis. But anyways, so when I got my car and I started driving away, I saw these like two teeny bopper teen <laughs> girls get out of their car, and I'm like, you have a license? You look like you're 12. So I'm sure there's like a lot of those kids. There, there, there were, and um, a lot of different hair colors. And like, I guess I'm like, are we too old for this? Probably. Like, yeah, so we, we walked The in. police were probably monitoring you very closely, yeah, Ryan. Like, he's bearded and old. Predator. <laughs> Predator. So like, yeah, we, we were watching the concert and the main guy, probably the A of the J and the R... Are there only three dudes? No, there's like five guys. Okay. There's like a drummer dude, a dude on a keyboard, or no, a guy on a, yeah, a guy on a keyboard. I don't need the whole layout. A black guy on a trumpet and a saxophone and like a violin. <laughs> what? In the, yeah, he has all three of them with his three arms going. Interesting. Yeah. Diverse group. Um, and then like a singer and a guitarist. And uh, yeah, so we are like looking around and we're like... They're really enjoying this. And, like, you, if you listen to all the songs, it's all about, like, screw the haters or, like, one's about the office. And, like, it's, like, middle school shit kind of dilemmas. Yeah. And you're, like, I don't know if they're tailoring this to these audiences because it's a wide demographic. I but. hate my language arts class. Like, <laughs> yeah. just super. Diversity is great. Yeah. <laughs> Inclusivity, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and, um. Yeah, so, like, the main singer guy, I don't know any of their names. I had not heard, I've heard maybe two of their songs before today, and Lauren let me borrow her headphones during work. I thought you were going to enlighten us with their entire discography, and... I could Google that shit, but I'd put everyone to sleep. Yeah. And, um, so, like, as he was singing, he was, like, flail dancing, is the only way I could describe it. And I was like, holy crap, like, I think if... I had more energy. That's what my dancing would look like. Okay. But he he had the charisma to pull it off. Like, that flailing looks like he's having fun. Okay. And, like, the other keyboard guy would, like, randomly was, like, grinding and, like, pelvic thrusting his keyboard. And, like, I'm like, I guess middle school girls would be into this. Like, I, I late think... 20s, early 30 dudes with beards, like, pelvic thrusting and flailing on a stage. I think I'm glad I did not go to that concert. It was entertaining. And then, like, we're like, okay, we're going to hear one more song, like, and then we'll go. And then, then everyone started tripping acid and just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, started biting people, like, tripping on quaaludes and, like, bath salts. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren did seem a little off when she came home. Yeah. No, um... Yeah, so, like, the last song was, like, this depressing bullshit. And we're like... All right, we'll go for one more. And then the guitarist comes out and, like, continues the depressing song. And we're like, let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, we're good. Because Lauren's toes were froze. Yeah. She's like, oh, my toes are froze. Yep. So we left. And that was pretty much our night. And then I went home and monster hunted a little bit. And then I went to bed. Nice. Quickly after. Because, like, I was doing my last quest and... I don't remember my last quest because I was like midway into sleep and like I was so like passing out from like falling asleep as I was doing the quest and I was like do I have to kill this elder dragon I don't want to let my team down I'm just like flying around like please end well it's interesting you say that because so Lauren came home and of course I've watched Scooby all of this week, actually, because work's been kind of crazy for both Lauren and myself. When I say work's crazy for me, that's relative, you know, relatively speaking, compared yeah. to, like, Lauren's insanity. And yeah. so Wednesday, 
we went to this like science center. All right, it's called COSI. All kinds of crazy. Stuff. I was so pissed when he said the text. Yeah, so it was like freaking one thirty. You're like, God, my job. Like thinking of quitting, and it's just a picture of COSI, and I'm like, dude, you're at COSI. I'm like suffering through a meeting. Like I pulled it up and I'm like arguing like a president about financials. And I'm like, God, I want to just like roll shit around and like watch that pendulum in the lobby. And like, I've been to Kosai in like 12, 13 years. Oh, I know. Years. It's been forever. They have cool exhibits. They do. The dinosaur exhibit was great. Unfortunately, though, we had this, this lady walking us through it and explaining all the different periods and all the different types of dinosaurs and things like that. And I just wanted to walk through on my own you know, pace, see yeah. all the different things, touch all the fossils that you can, you know, press your finger into or whatever. They tell you not to touch. But... No, some of them literally say touch me. So touch me. Probably the only time you're going to hear that phrase. But Erect my claws. <laughs> <laughs> so there was lots of cool things there. But then the thing that really stood out to me the, the most was like the the life exhibit where you can go in, take your standing heart rate. You can test your strength by pres- pressing these giant rods like you're doing a standing bench press. Oh. Then there's this one, like, wire thing, right? And you press your hands on it, and it feels like lavender. It's really bizarre, and it's this weird, like, mind... lavender was a smell. Mind F moment. The way they described it, they said this feels like lavender something rather. I don't know. But you rub your hands, so it's between both of your hands. You rub it up and down, and it's just this weird feeling. I don't know. it's, It's hard to describe. Then there was also an entire wall of x-rays and they had like broken bones, bullet wounds, people that like swallow a light bulb, like what it actually looks like. These were actual x-ray photographs of people that things that happened to them. So like this person fell off a building. The result was a broken everything. And so like, (laughs) and they actually had pictures of this shit. It was really pretty neat. Then they also had a bodily function keyboard. What's someone take a shit? (laughs) It's just like an x-ray of someone shitting. No, there was none of that going on. But there was a bodily function keyboard. So you like each time you pressed a keyboard, it was someone belching or farting or something like that. Just a whole bunch of really weird, weird stuff at COSI. But all that to say... So we had a training back end of day Tuesday. So that was like a three-hour training. Wednesday, we had COSI the back end of the day. Yeah. Thursday, we had an all-day training from 7.30 till 5. And so each day, or at least on COSI and Thursday after the training, my buddies or my coworkers were like, hey, you want to grab a drink after work? And each time I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So Wednesday at COSI, I had scoob duty, so I couldn't stay out super late. I just one quick drink. Well, I hate trying to find parking downtown. It's a yeah. nightmare. And it just stresses me the hell out and gives me tons of anxiety because I hate parallel parking. And typically the only places that are actually available are the ones where you have to drive forward, then back in, then drive forward again, then back and inch yourself into this like tiny little space that if you drive forward like three inches, you're going to hit a car. Or if you go backwards, you're going to hit a car. So I just said, screw it. I'm going to home. And I did that both Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. So I come home Wednesday. And I walk up the steps. They had a song at AJ Airconce about ditching your friends. Did they? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, it's very fitting. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm, I'm walking up the stairs because Lauren and I live in a second floor apartment. And typically, when I'm walking up the steps, Scoob hears that and will kind of wake up and get ready for me to let him out. So I open up the door and it immediately smells like poop. And I'm like, oh, perfect. So I pop my head around the couch around the corner and I see Scoob and he's laying down. I'm like, oh, Scoob, what's going on, buddy? And I walk down, I walk over to him, and I he doesn't get up, but he sort of lifts his head, 
And he just had a mound of shit that he was using as a pillow, just resting his head so elegantly on. <laughs> so he gets up and just has poop smeared on the side of his face. And I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> dude. So I let him out, of course, and then I just, you know, pop him in the tub and give him a bath. And I'm just like rubbing this shit all over his face, trying to get it out with, you know, doggy That's shampoo. So bad. And then Thursday, of course, I come home from this training. And I come in, and I had a blanket in on Thursday, and I come in, and Scoob's laying on the other side of the blanket, but of course the blanket's like pressed together, being held together by this giant turd that's smeared all over the blanket, and I'm just like, dude, I thought we were past this stage, but apparently not. So, a lot of Scooby baths, a lot of laundry for Scoob. Yeah, I noticed yesterday when I came in that there are no blankets. But all of that to say, this is only preparing me for children. And I'm sure... Yeah, they're going to rest their head in their shit yeah. all the time. Oh, they're going to poop on themselves. I mean, I'm literally going to be changing diapers, so, you know, that'll be, yeah, it'll be good times. Yeah, I'm excited for that. But, uh, well, prepare yourself, Uncle Ryan. In the near future... Not in the near future. I shouldn't say that. Ryan, can you come over to our apartment and change this diaper? Not feeling it. We're playing Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a likely future scenario. But where was I getting at with uh, Scoob and Kosai and stuff? You were talking about Rough Week or something like that. Yeah... I have no idea where I was going with that. That's, okay. that's what you get on a talk about. It's just random rabbit holes. I could have sworn there was probably a point. I don't remember what it was, though. Like, what what, what started? I guess... You were talking about Lauren and you had busy weeks, and then you got into, like, Kosai and stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you said you you were started, you wanted to fight this dragon, right? And then you were getting tired. And you're like, do I really need to fight this dragon? And then you went to sleep. So, I didn't know how that spurred on Kosai and dogs shit. So. <laughs> well, it all comes back to... Yeah, please wrap it around. <laughs> Lauren came home last night, and she was going to take Scoob in the room so that I could like just do my own thing, play some Dragon's Dogma. And he was just a nutcase in there, so she brought him back out. And at this point, it was like 11.30, and he was still just a rambunctious psycho. So I took him outside, ran him around a little bit, came back up, and then he was still crying and running around. I took him outside a second time, brought him back in. He was still like all hyped up, perched up near the window here, looking outside, crying. And I'm like, screw it. I'm not, Lauren needs sleep. I'm sleeping on the couch. I'm turning off the lights. I put away Dragon's Dogma, even though I was in the thick of a quest. And I said, I'm sleeping on the couch. If you want to run around and cry, that's fine. But five minutes later, he was sleeping on my lap. So he slept on my lap until 5.30 this morning. And then I went into the room finally. <laughs> so, a dog. The life of a, with Scooby is is a interesting one. Yeah, he has so much energy. But anyways, Ryan, this is the Otaku Brothers podcast. We talk about video games sometimes. Yeah, I mean, after <laughs> dogs and concerts and things, and science experiments at Kosai. We are twenty two minutes, almost twenty three minutes into this show. If you're not familiar with the Otaku Brothers, Ryan and I are brothers in law. We talk about things and stuff, typically video games, Lord of the Rings, and other geeky shit. Well. We had a special episode planned for the milestone ringing in 60 episodes of us going on and on about nonsensical craziness. I don't think we talked about it enough to have people write in. We didn't. And so what we want from you listeners is to write in with your top five childhood games. So Ryan and I, I'm 26, you're 27, mm -hmm. right? So we are going to kind of the breaking point because it's going to be two episodes childhood and kind of our adulthood games 
we're doing top 10, but for the sake of brevity and depending on the number of listeners that write in, try and keep it at five. We, you're we, welcome to do 10 if you're enthusiastic. But. Yeah, but just don't like write like three paragraphs worth of information if you have 10 games. You can have a couple bullet points of why, because I would like to hear kind of why these games. If you have anecdotes that are really special to you, please write in. We want to get that on the podcast. But Ryan and I, kind of the breaking point is the PS2, uh, original Xbox, and GameCube, and before. Okay. So that's kind of our breaking point. We have 10 games that we're kind of listing, and we're going to talk about why they're so special to us and why they were so influential in our childhood. And then the following episode, episode 62, we're going to kind of do from the PS3, 360, Wii, to current day, our top 10 adulthood games. Yes. And so for those two episodes, please, 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 we're pleading of the listeners to write in either on the Discord or the Gmail account, that being otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. I'd really prefer you to write in on the Gmail so we have everything in one kind of cohesive place so I don't have to go back and forth or potentially forget listeners that wrote in on the Discord. But I think it'd be really good times and a lot of fun to have listener input so you have more than just these two 20-year-old dudes just rambling on about a bunch of random childhood games. We can do that, though. We're happy to do it, yeah. and we will if we don't get any listener input. But, of course, we would prefer that we do get listener input. For today, Ryan and I just wanted to have a super chill episode, talk about how our weeks went, some of the games we've, of course, been playing and then we are finally going to do what we had promised last episode, and I think even the episode before that, finishing off the five hypotheticals, yep. and then back-of-the-box trivia. Yes. Ryan and I each have eight games, reading off the back-of-the-box for a variety of different games, and base, we're going to kind of play a game, so whoever gets the most points gets bragging rights. Yeah. That's about it. No prizes on, the poc- on this podcast. Pay for each other's Chipotle. I can get on the board with that. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Because we're going at different times. We are. But you can reimburse me. <laughs> I think I still owe you for a laptop, so I still <laughs> yeah. I still need to reimburse you. Chipotle for life, basically. How how many times how many Chipotle bowls do you think I would get for How that? intense are your Chipotle bowls? I don't do guac or queso. Okay. All so I do is double meat. Double meat and chips? Chips, yeah. So it's about twelve twenty five. Twelve twenty five. So Because if you haven't tried that carne asada it's really good. It's basically longer strips of steak with what cilantro and yeah, some, some other spices. Yeah, it's it's good. So let's see. Shit. But after this, we're gonna talk about the games we've been playing recently. Well, Ryan, there's a little math equation for us. We are gonna talk 106 about 106 and some change Chipotle's. All right. So don't tell Lauren that you're gonna reimburse her. Let's <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. under the table Lauren, here. Lauren, here's Chipotle. Why? doesn't matter you have 105 more just let it happen (laughs) anyways ryan what have you been playing this week man so this morning i started um ukulele and the impossible layer on the ps4 so i got through like the opening cutscene. i got to the battle with the main final boss like you were talking about last time and i got past the first thing didn't get hit once like where you jump on his face and you basically just run to side to side yep um and then I immediately ran into fire. Because so, <laughs> at that point, you didn't have any yeah, yeah. B- battalions. Yeah. So I beat the first level. I got all five coins in that one. And then I unlocked the paywall. And then I explored a bit. I still have to look around. I unlocked the um, that refrigerator thing, 
with all the potions inside. Oh, the the um the tonics. Yeah. So I didn't know that you had to find them in the overworld. Yes. Yeah, so there's I think sixty two of them. All of them are hidden among the overworld. There's a sixty second tonic. So the sixty second tonic is actually you receive it if you go through that level i think in the beginning of the game mm-hmm. i think you have to go through it without getting hit like once what yeah it's like stupid because i was reading it and i'm like are you serious i have to get this in order to get the platinum trophy but then i read online there's a caveat that's not explained in the game i don't believe that says this is not going to block you from getting the platinum trophy this is purely for people that are like go-getters probably savants absolute insanity like don't want to go for that. Because you haven't even beaten it, let alone no touch. Right? Yeah, no way. There's not a chance. I got to 40% is the furthest I've gotten, Yeah. right? I think I have like six or seven attempts because uh, you attempted a few times and then I don't yeah. I don't really count that. But so yeah, earlier in the week, I ended up getting all the coins, which you collect in the game. There's five coins for every level and every level has an alternative level. So it could be kind of a spring level to begin with. And then you throw like a snowball on it and it turns to be kind of a frozen environment. Yeah. So I went through, got all the coins. I've got all the battalions, all the tonics with the exception of that one. So I have all the trophies in the game except for beating Captain B or whatever his name is, capital B, Captain B, which if you beat the impossible layer by association, you beat Captain B, mm-hmm. which is excruciating and just furiating as all hell. I got 40% of the way through. I feel like I've beaten enough of the level. Have you Googled if there are checkpoints in the final? I haven't. Okay. Because it got to a point where I was kind of just fed up. And then I started playing these other two games that I'll get to eventually. Yeah. It's kind of just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But What was that other game that you couldn't beat as a child? And then you came back to now and you ended up beating? Final <laughs> Fantasy thirteen. You had that one giant like robot boss man. Yeah, and you Arthandalus. had and Sethiroth. Sether. Sethiroth is is in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, but also in Kingdom Hearts. Oh gosh, yeah, I never beat him in the original game. Yeah, dude, I was like doing jumping jacks and backflips when I beat him. Yeah, he looked crazy. Oh, does he's he have, actually like, some supernova attack of death. He does, but there's actually a really easy way to avoid it. You just have to go in the complete opposite corner of the Colosseum and. His his lunging attack can't hit you that way, and then you just you know continue to proceed to whack him with your keyblade. Yeah, I never got to ninety nine or beat him, but yeah, I yeah. still haven't gotten the platinum trophy in that. I don't, I don't think I ever will in Kingdom Hearts. I don't really have a desire to, even though it's among my favorite games of all time. But anyways, Ryan, what are your what are your thoughts about Ukulele and the Impossible? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's a it? lot of fun. Um, I mean, I only beat one level, and I was just trying to explore because I wanted to grind out some of those quills. So I was trying to look for the tonic of um, less checkpoints mm-hmm. to grind up the first level. Um, but yeah, it's a fun game. It is nice when you finally get into a rhythm and you can you feel like you're going super fast. Yeah, through the levels and stuff. Yeah, you'll get there. Because I know the opening where you're just jumping over stuff, they're teaching you the mechanics. I ended up just rolling through everything super quick. Mm-hmm. And like for that segment, I was on beat. And I just sped through it. And I was like, "Oh fuck yes!" Like, and I feel like give that's me some more of those straight paths. <laughs> I think that's probably how Sonic fans feel. Yeah, like once you can perfect the rhythm of that game and really understand his speed and you know the patterns of the level to be able to jump here and be lifted off of this trampoline thing there, it's probably a lot of fun. 
I just don't have any patience for that. Yeah. But And the difference is ukulele is actually a good game, so... <laughs> no, I completely agree. Sorry, Sonic fans. But what I wanted to do is just play a little sound clip of one of my favorite songs in Ukulele and the Impossible Layer. If you're interested in hearing the entirety of the soundtrack, you can actually go to Bandcamp, search for Playtonic Games, or just search Ukulele and the Impossible Layer, and you'll find the soundtrack. But this one is from a level earlier on in the game. So Frantic Fountains is the level, and the alternative to that is Frantic Fountains Frozen. So enjoy this clip composed by the mighty David Wise and Sir Grant Kirkhope. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. Super Chill has that ambient, you know, feel of the old school Donkey Kong Country games, particularly those underwater levels. Yeah. And I just love how they captured that feel while also still having such a unique coat of paint on the soundtrack. So definitely, I'm not sure if it rivals the original ukulele. They're completely different because... That one was 3D, right? It was 3D, and I think they really went more for a Banjo-Kazooie feel, where with this one being 2.5D, 2D platformer, they really went for more of a Donkey Kong Country feel. And yeah. I think they did phenomenally well with kind of mirroring, but also being unique in its own right. Yeah, except the last level, that's impossible. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. I did not expect that level spike because we got through the first 13% and then, I mean, even in that first 13% that I played, it was just chaos. Mm -hmm. There were so many things and like, in those type of, I like brute forcing stuff and that usually gets me in trouble. Like you're going to see in Halo tonight. I'm like a run and gunner. I'm not... Lord and I beat Legendary Halo 3. But it was like, you run in with grenades, be suicidal, I'll be back here sniping. Well, that's how and, I am. Yeah. So we'll compliment each other. Okay. And then I'm the, let me just run in with sticky grenades. And like that's how I was trying to do this finesse like 2D platformer. On some levels, you can do that. Yeah. You know, if you're not interested in collecting the coins on the first run, you can kind of go through some of those pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But that last level, you have to have, you have to really perfect your jumps. Be weary of all the different saw blades flying your way. It's ridiculous. <coughs> Look up a video of it. I mean, it's just insane platforming. But yeah, I mean, it rivals Celeste in the difficulty and precision, mm. at least. I don't know if you ever played Celeste. No, I didn't difficult game yeah it was a lot of fun i ended up getting stuck on one portion but 
You all right? I had a really weird hiccup there. Well, should you... Uh, no, I'm still going. Update okay. the listeners on yeah, so I Monster guess. Hunter bullshit or something? <laughs> no, Pokemon bullshit uh, first. Gross. So I played some more Pokemon. I um, What a surprise. I got four new Pokemon from the first generation. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of stuff excites me. Yeah, and I got an Onix. This, so I'm at, I think, 111 out of 151. So it's like 74%. Wow. So what I've been doing recently is just going through the everyone I'm missing in the first generation in the uh, trading area and just checking if anyone's updated. There's like some that I've seen, but some people are assholes. And they ask for like, I want a shaman level 10 to 25. And all the shamans out there are like level 100. So they're like, it's teasing you. Because I have shamans, but... Do you have this all the starters, Shiny? Yeah. You do? So I have... Yeah, all... I have a... So the way I'm doing it is I have to have one of each. So I have to have Squirtle, Blastoise, and War Turtle. Yeah, the order there's so a little bit... So I have three of each starters, uh-huh. essentially. So I have all the first generations and all the second generation starters. All three evolutions. Nice. Um, so that's Pokemon... I hit the big milestone of 900 hours in Ruby version. Oh my gosh! And I think 160 hours in Sapphire. You're only actually put a plaque in your wall, uh, in your bedroom. No, when I hit 999, then that's when the plaque goes up. No, you're gonna give me a plaque and then you're gonna shoot me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that makes sense. And then, so that's all the Pokemon stuff that's worth talking about. And then I played Monster Hunter some more. So last time I was at Master Rank 61. With the end goal getting to 99 to beat Ruinous Nergigante. Okay. Because um, in the base game, my favorite weapon was Nergigante's Insect Glaive, um, Catastrophe's Light, I think is what it's called. You all right and, down there? Yep, I'm just flanning around. All right, well, don't and, uh, flail less. Trying to uh, audition for AJR? <laughs> yeah, I am. Like, my feet can do stuff. It's just my upper body. <laughs> okay. And um, so... Ryan's <laughs> filling his arms. My uh, catastrophe's light. I have to use ruinous nergigantes. This is distracting. I know, right? Ruinous nergigantes pieces. Um, so I'm trying to level up, and it's what forty levels or so. So my game plan is to complete not or monster master rank hundred by the schedule is November eleventh. So four days before Pokemon. Yeah. So that gives me a level every weekday, except for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which are two levels. Okay. Um, so since last Sunday, I was level 61 when we last recorded. I'm now, as of this morning, 71, two-thirds away to 72, which is actually what I have on schedule for Tuesday's completion. Oh, beautiful. I'm glad. So, no, no, no. So I wanted to get ahead of schedule because we're going out on Tuesday and I won't have time. Holy shit, dude. What are you doing here recording the podcast? Go home now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm I'm losing time. There's so many monsters to kill, so many chunks of its skin to collect. <laughs> no, so I I want this weapon so bad. But I should be able to get maybe 75 this weekend. Cool. So it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so I've been just grinding out the Guiding Lands, which is the after you beat the main story of the DLC or of Iceborne. It's basically everything is harder than what's in Master Rank. And then you get, like, Tempered, which are even harder. Um, 
So I had a huge milestone this week with two pieces. So there's three near three new gear levels. There's nine, 10, 11, 12. So four. Just kidding. I lied. Okay. So there's four new. It used to be one through eight. So you start with like leather, which is level one, all the way to elder dragons and high rank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, my eye was just twitching. No, I know, I know. And um, so like this one introduces like super high level armor. Okay. So two pieces of my gear are uh, level 11 and you get different pieces from like harder monsters in the guiding lands. So like this gem is what I needed and it allows me to augment my armor, Mm -hmm. which is basically beat like you can level up your armor and increase the defense Mm -hmm. and there's a cap at level five and that augmentation breaks that cap and you can go up to like level 13. So I was able to max out the defense in two pieces of my armor. Which gained, I just, it was super exciting for me. You sound excited about it. I was really excited because I had been, since I got the Guiding Lands at like level 40 to level like 70 where I am now, I was going at lower defense. And I was like trying to find monsters, but you have to hit a specific tier. Mm -hmm. So it's like the first tier is just like regular starter monsters through like rathians mm-hmm. which is like a green dragon and then when you get into tempered uh like rathalos which is a harder dragon guy or wyvern he uh he drops the stuff and i found one and like two of the dudes who was in a party went rogue and were fighting some other bullshit and like this one bro and i we were like that's a tempered thing we need to kill this so like they took that down and we are killing this hard thing and we were able to get some stuff. Reap the benefits. Yeah. So, yeah, I was able to upgrade that. And now passing level 69 cap and breaking that with a hard quest of two tempered monsters, I'm able to now go into the final tier of monsters. Okay. Or the second to final tier, but the final tier I need for, like, completing all my gear sets. So you get, like, golden and silver versions of two dragons um, and then a thing that I want my chest, please. Like this dragon thing. Nice. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, I was trying, I was doing more research and like the further I go down in the rabbit hole of like, you can get your final level weapon, but then there's like, you can add bonuses to your weapons. So like your, your final like maxed out weapon has these slots and you can pick between like attack boost, defense boost affinity which is like percentage of critical hits Mm -hmm. um health regen so like that's what i'm going for i'm going for a level 12 weapon which is ruinous catastrophe the final of nergigante's weapon and then it has four augment slots which three of those are going to be like a health regain Mm -hmm. so every time i hit a monster a chunk of its health is going to go back to me so less healing yeah and then defense cool yeah and then like for each one of those augments you have a specific list of like monster chunks that you have to put into it so it's grinding for days so how many hours played in iceborne are you iceborne alone close to 85 okay i have 303 in the tote my character oh boy um, I think in the base game I had 200 and it's close to 100 actually probably like low 200 202 or so so I probably just passed the 100 hours in Iceborne 
Still having fun? Oh, it's a shit ton of fun. It's all that matters, man. Yeah. I want the grind to be over to level 100 so I can start grinding out other things. But, yeah, that's going to be the start of the end of the grind. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. It's, it's so fun. I love it. Well, I'm glad. I uh, also played an RPG this week. Yeah. How's so. That? I, uh, like I said, I got pretty much every trophy. Well, I did get every trophy in uh, Ukulele and the Impossible Layer with the exception of the final, beating the final boss. And then, of course, you unlock the Platinum Trophy after that. And I was kind of not really sure what I wanted to play. I was looking on the shelf. And I, I talked a few episodes back about wanting to play kind of a third-person, open-world, medieval <coughs> RPG, similar to, to your Skyrims, your Dragon Ages, and things like that. And not too long ago, I would say a couple months ago, I bought Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen because it was on sale and it looked right up my alley, but at the time it wasn't something that I really wanted to get into. Yeah. So I popped that in and I'm having a lot of fun with this because it's relatively mindless. I'm not paying attention to the story because it's one of those big, you know, whatever. You awaken a dragon, it plunges its claw into your chest, rips out your heart and you're alive still. Yeah, exactly. It's That's, like, holy shit. All yeah, right. casual stuff. And what's really yeah, kind of unique about this game is it has this pawn mechanic where once you get into a certain place in the game, not far after the beginning of it, you can create this, this pawn, which is essentially just a character <coughs> that fights alongside you for the, the rest of the game. Yeah. And you can completely customize the character to your liking, male, female, one of three classes. So the first class is kind of just a generic warrior. The next one's kind of more of a stealthy... Uh, archer uh roguelike character okay. and then the third one's your mage and so i my first character or the one that i'm playing as is john snow so i modeled Very him nice. after the john snow character and the archer kind of rogue like stealth character that i created f to be my pawn is aria that makes a lot more sense why her name was aria very fitting right so you go through this game, and very much like your Skyrims and your Dragon Ages, you walk into a town, and 15 people have a little alerts over their head. You can walk over to them. They say, hey, there's a bunch of wolves out in the wild. They're eating my crops. Can you go kill them? You do that. You get some experience points. You get some gold. Walk back into town. You can get a lot more side quests, or you can go into your local you know, weapon shops and you know, buy armor, upgrades, new weapons, and all that sort. So it's really exactly what I wanted out of a, a third-person action RPG. Combat is kind of what you'd expect. It's not MMO-like. MMO it's very much uh, hit detection. You actually hear your sword making contact with your enemies, which is really you know something that That's I can nice. kind of appreciate. And something that you know, you'd expect in current-day games, but it's just something that I like when I'm traversing these big fields that are filled with... You know, trees, it's, it's forested, there's animals around. Is You just hear the birds chirping. Yeah. You hear the wind blowing through the trees. And it's just something that really enhances that level of immersion. And I, I appreciate that. It also is um, auto-saving everywhere. So, every, like, repeatedly it auto-saves. And with Skyrim, I feel like the auto-save feature isn't really reliable. I feel like so often, you know, I, I played for like 30, 35 minutes or whatever and I'd get to a certain place, and then I'd get killed by a giant, or I'd accidentally walk off a ledge, and I would lose tons of progress. Yeah. And in this game, I haven't really had that issue. And it's also, so I've been playing this game for, you know, an hour to three hours at a time, and then putting it down and playing a different game, because the other game kind of stresses me out. Yeah, but I can see that. But the cool thing about Dragon's Dogma is that it has this 
feature in the menu system called Chronicle. So if you click that, it'll walk you through for like 15 seconds the recent side quest that you completed and where you need to be going currently. Okay. So it kind of brings you up to the speed, uh, the, like the story so far and where we're going in the story. Similar to what Dragon Quest Eleven does. It kind of has those different story beats like, hey, this is what happened previously. This is where we currently are. Yeah. This is where we're going. And I appreciate that because with these gargantuan RPGs, sometimes you shelve them. You know, you play them for 60, 70 hours and you shelve them. You come back six to eight months later, maybe a year, and you don't want to start over because you have buffed up your character to be this souped up awesome dude or, ga- or gal. And you want to just dive right in, but you have no idea what the hell's going on. You just murdered Whiterun. <laughs> You're on the run. And so this actually brings you up to speed pretty well to like, hey, this is where you need to go. Yeah, so, that's nice. That's cool. The other game that I've been playing, PSN had a Halloween sale. So there was a ton of you know horror-related games on sale. A couple that kind of piqued my interest were Outlast, which is supposed to be this first-person horror game to end all horror games, kind of like Amnesia Resident Evil 7, like just crazy off-the-charts scary first-person game. Did you get that one? I didn't. It was like a buck fifty. But I've heard that that's a game you have to play like with headphones on, fully immersed in this experience. And I'm like, I don't know if I need that much stress post Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Did you at least buy it for a dollar? No, I might. I mean, I think the sale runs for like another week or two or something like that. Okay. So I might just add it to my list. I, uh, Alien Isolation, which is also a first-person game. Is that the Alien vs. Predator one where you're climbing through vents and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I heard that's terrifying. It's supposed to be really, really good because, of course, there was Aliens Colonial Marines that released last generation, which is just an absolute travesty excuse of a game. It was apparently horrible. And so I don't think the developers are the same. They they very well could be. But apparently this game was developed with, you know, a lot of love for the original movies back in the 80s. And it's just an all-out crazy horror fest of a game. Very creepy, very atmospheric. Passed on that game, and I instead downloaded a game called The Evil Within. And the reason why I uh, I bought this game is because, one, it was relatively cheap, but it was also created by Shinji Mikami, who's, of course, the mastermind behind one of my favorite games of all time, Resident Evil 4. Oh, okay. One of your favorite games of all time, too. Yeah, I got far. And you see a lot of his... Super far. You see a lot of Resident Evil 4 in this game. Because it's, it's, of course, third-person... Pl- uh, you play it in third-person. The gun and shooting mechanics are very much the same. And even just kind of the the movements of the zombies and stuff like that is very influenced by Resident Evil uh, 4. Okay. Which, understandably so, he was the creator of that game. He was kind of the director of this game. And so to kind of kick off the scene here in the beginning of the game, you are this private investigator FBI agent. You get a call that there's been this mass... This absolute massacre, mass murder at a local insane asylum. So you walk into this place with your kind of uh, uh, your detective agent, whatever, and you just see piles of bodies, like nurses and doctors, just stacked on top of one another, just dead. Bloods everywhere. It looks like the place has been abandoned for weeks, but apparently this this massacre just recently happened, and you're kind of left to explore this hospital. Now, I was warned when I bought this game that the story was absolutely bonkers, crazy nonsensical, and I'm like, people, Kingdom Hearts is one of my favorite series of all time. I don't know what the hell is going on in those games, and I'm having a raging good time over the past you know, 17 years that that series has been going on. 
But I will say that this is like kind of nonsensical craziness to the point where I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Really? So you start off and you're investigating this place. And then I don't really remember what happens. You get like knocked out and this nurse locks you into this prison cell or this insane asylum prison cell, I should say. Well, then you like wake up or it transitions to you leaving the hospital and driving away in a car. But then you get into a car accident and you wake up in the forest and you're like left into the onto this adventure. Well, then you eventually walk into this this shack out in the woods. You look into this mirror, and then you like get sucked into the mirror, and you wake back up, and you're in the hospital again. And so you never really know whether or not you're like in current day or you're going back in the past. My guess is you lived some type of ex- an experience in this this hospital bed. Or this this hospital itself, this insane asylum. Yeah, you could very well have had a hand in the massacre. I don't know, but then you flip forward to being back in the woods and exploring and trying getting back to the hospital. But again, you never really know what's current day, what's in the past, and so yeah. that's kind of what I'm still struggling with right now. I'm only about two or three hours in. It's creepy as all hell, having a good time, relatively speaking. But I just don't know what the heck's going on. Yeah, it sounds insane. So, more on that next week. Okay. I'll probably continue to play this interchangeably with Dragon's Dogma. I imagine these games will probably last me till Pokemon next month. Okay, so there's like 27 days until Pokemon? Yeah. I mean, Dragon's Dogma I'll probably play for the rest of the year just because it's such an easy game to pick up and play. Mm-hmm. Do a couple quests, level up a couple times, get some new gear. One of my coworkers was saying the file for the new Pokemon games is about 10 gigs. Now compare that with Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild's like fourteen. Okay. So they're saying the like that wild open area, like those wild zones where you can just wander and it's like kind of open fields and mm-hmm. things, is equivalent to two biomes or like two. You know how when you light up a tower in Breath of the Wild, um, two of those is the scale. Okay. All of that free roaming area in Pokemon. So pretty huge. Yeah. Now, something that I've been really trying to do with Pokemon is, one, very sparingly watch the trailers, but I've also not been looking at the new decks with all the new Pokemon, Yeah. because I want to walk into these wild, you know, open environments and just see these Pokemon for the first time, get into battle, and be like, oh, I'm a completely new Pokemon. I've Was never seen this before. Was it you that showed me the Meowth? Yeah, the giant Meowth and Charizards. I didn't see the... Ch- you showed me the Charizard, but isn't there, like... Was it a Meowth with like a... No, it's Farfetch'd. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Farfetch'd with like a shield and a yeah. pike or something like that? Yeah, so what is it? The um, the Galar region. Mm-hmm. There are region-specific Pokemons for older Pokemons. I also showed you a Ponytaw that looks something straight out of My Little Pony. Yeah, but, it's like cotton candy hair. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to Pokemon. It'll probably be ranking among my top five games of all time. Or not all time. This year. Yeah. Maybe all time. Who knows? They're getting rid of the Elite Four. Did you see that? I don't want to hear about it. Okay. Yeah, I want to be completely surprised about the experience. But That's fair. As long as it's not Sun and Moon, I'm happy. Yeah, you can take some creative liberties, but just none of that Sun and Moon bullshit. Yeah. What was the other one that they didn't have the Elite Four? Was it Black and White? No, I'm or pretty Diamond sure... Diamond Pearl? No, all those definitely had the Elite Did they? Four. Yeah. Okay. Might just be Sun and Moon that sucked. Yep. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Don't buy Sun and Moon, folks. Yeah, it sucks. That's all the games that we've been playing this week, but Ryan, we have some listener questions on the Instagrams. Nice. So if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Ari Lewis 2011 
Every week, 24 hours before we record the podcast, I post a query on my Instagram asking you folks to ask us a question, or I provide some little blurb for you to tell us and share something with us. And this week, as we near the holiday season, I said, ask us something, or what's the worst Halloween candy? You know that that candy that you just get so pissed off when somebody puts it in your bag when you Mm trick-or-treat? And I would say overwhelmingly, Ryan, candy corn. Lots of people said that. We got candy corn from your sister, my wife, Lauren. Sean said, uh, oh, we'll get to his in a second. He also said candy corn. Landon said candy corn. Your Aunt Sue said candy corn. Uh, Then we get into some interesting ones. A lot of people, sorry, Chronolink, said Almond Joy and Mounds, which I think in his really sleepy uh, voicemail that he left us a couple mm-hmm. weeks back, he said he's one of those wacky people that enjoys coconut and chocolate at the same time. Yeah, it's gross. So a lot of people said that. He also said anything with peanuts or peanut butter because he is allergic. He has a peanut allergy. So, so you got to sack it up and fight through the pain don't be a bitch about this eat some peanut butter (laughs) i don't know if it works like that ryan i don't know if it works like that nolan tagalong cookies oh so good it was the best nolan asked a really interesting question he says excuse me he didn't say that that's just me burping he said also it was on his voice to text it was a short one yep you're locked in a room by yourself for 24 hours what soundtrack will you listen to ryan Hmm. Ukulele, probably, right now. Because it's so freaking chill. <laughs> yeah, and the impossible layer. Yeah. It depends if there's something going on, like if I can do things in the room or if I'm staring at a wall. And I like, think that's kind of how I'm, I'm picturing this scenario. Like, I'm in a white room staring at a wall. I don't have a Game Boy. I don't have anything to entertain me. It's just me, myself, oh, and I. Ukulele, then, because it's super chill. I mean, we played it earlier on, and that's... Pretty much the entire soundtrack is that level of... That's pretty representative of the majority of the soundtrack. There's some more intense levels, of course, and the impossible layer music's like just kind of death metal, people screaming at you. (laughs) Death! (laughs) Just think Metallica. But, you know, I I was thinking about this question last night when I was out with my dad, and um, I could go a number of different ways here. I could go movie soundtracks, I could go video game soundtracks, and video game-wise, I think ukulele is a big contender... Uh, the Impossible Layer specifically. The Elder Scrolls Skyrim or Oblivion yeah. is really great because just all of the the ambient music of just you're, you're exploring these giant open environments. Um, Enya? No, I don't think I'm, I'm down for Enya. You're not Enya fan? Well, so here's what I'm getting at. So Skyrim's a big one just because of the exploration tracks. On the other side of the coin, you have your movie soundtracks and... You know, I could say something like Interstellar or one of the Dark Knight soundtracks, which are, you know, of course, composed of by Hans Zimmer. But I think I'm leaning towards Howard Shore's The Fellowship of the Ring, which, of okay. course, is my favorite movie of all time. You have a wide spectrum of tunes. You have Concerning Hobbits and the beginning of Hobbiton, which is very, you know, there it is as Ryan, you know, sings it. Just the Shire theme alone is fantastic. But then on the other side, you have more of a, a somber track with The Departing of the Fellowship, which is a five and a half, six minute song of, you know, some kind of de- depressing undertones as, you know, the fellowship departs, but then it kind of becomes more hopeful as Sam and Frodo reunite and, you know, embark on this journey to destroy the ring. And then you have these like 
really pump up moments of the bridge of Khazad-dûm or even Aemon Hen when Aragorn in his sexy godliness puts his sword in front of his face and he has this swarm of Urukai chasing him as he pleads for Frodo to run. Yeah. Dude, that scene just gets me erect. I just like that when he was in um fighting the Nazgûl right before Frodo got stabbed, he that was the first time he had ever like he had never trained with swords or anything, and that was his first attempt at training with swords. Or, like, doing a sword scene. And, like, the people who were on set to, like, help with swords, they are like, holy shit, this guy's unnatural. Yeah. As he's, like, flailing around, killing Nazgul's. Viggo Mortensen would... is actually the lead singer of AJR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He whipped out a torch midway through. And, and just uh... chucked it at one of the fans' faces. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah, like, midway through the concert, that's a, like... I mean, after Aragorn appeared, obviously. Yeah. They were, like, pointing out people in the crowd. And they're, like, what they noticed from on stage, which I thought was really interesting. And they're, like, yeah, this person, like, midway through the song, and, like, they they chucked up a piece of clothing. And then, like, everyone started chucking shit at these guys. Like, oh, my clothes gosh. And stuff. Um, he chucked a mask, and it was, like, a Deadpool mask. And he's, like, midway through this song, they just put on this mask and are just, like, flailing around. <laughs> and... They're like I. It's like hard for us to like not laugh up there yeah. as they're just see like Deadpool. She's like, and then he's like, "Why'd you, uh, why'd you put on the mask?" He's like, "Just to creep out everyone." He's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, interesting." Yeah, so I think for me, Howard Shore's Fellowship of the Ring, such a wide spectrum of songs, both you know happy, you know somber and depressing, but also just get you jacked up. Yeah. So I want to watch Lord of the Rings now. Sunday, I'm going to marathon after lunch because I have like eight hours of work to push through. Oh, that's so nice. Lauren and I are gonna sit here at the, the the dinner table, power through twelve hours of Lord of the Rings, push through some work. Yeah, I might have to do that as well. Yeah, Ryan, oh, well. we have five hypotheticals left. Oh yeah, it's kind of sad. It is. I wish there were more. Well, we get are a, there more. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot Chuck Klosterman an email. Okay. I think I literally should. You know how amazing it'd be to get him on the podcast. I'm not even kidding. I'm not bullshitting you. Like, if we got his crazy imagination on the show and just had, hey, can you come up with like 10 specific for the Otaku Brothers podcast? Like, don't listen to the show. Don't do your homework. Just come up with 10 crazy hypotheticals. We'll bring you on the show and you can ask us live. That would be fun. 10 hypotheticals. I'll, I'll try and shoot him an email. I want to get more guests on the podcast, both listeners of the show and outside people. I know I've talked about getting Grant Kirkhope on the show before. I'd really like to just get people in the industry and then people like Chuck on. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So the first one that we have here, Ryan, is the industry standard. All right? All right. You're inside a very per- peculiar rock club. For whatever the reason, the manager of this club demands that all of his musical acts must take an extensive IQ test before he will allow them to perform. Tonight, there are two acts on the bill, and they coincidentally share the same band name, The Industry Standard. Both bands are alleged to be awesome. Sadly, you only have one hour to spend at the club due to another obligation. Probably play Monster Hunter because you can't stay out too long because <laughs> you got to get your, your Monster Hunter rank levels up. Yeah, Nergigante is calling my name in sweet, whispering girthiness. And the intermission between the two acts is very long. So, uh, you can't watch both. You ask the manager which version of the industry standard you should watch. He says, I have no idea. But I will tell you this. The first band had the highest test scores I've ever seen anywhere. 
Each member of the band is technically a genius. One guy scored higher than Marilyn Voss Savant. Conversely, the band playing second had some of the worst scores ever recorded. One member might actually be illiterate. However, I halfway suspect that they were all drunk and mocking the entire process. I couldn't tell for sure. Ryan, which version of the industry standard do you decide to watch? So the premise is that IQ is they like they IQ test all the bands. And yeah. And you have to decide between two bands at a club. So the two bands have the same band name. Yeah. They're both reportedly yeah. awesome. One scored test scores off the charts. The other's pretty pretty terrible. I'm struggling to find the correlation between musically usually outstanding music just outstanding musicians and test scores. Like I'm sure in some instances there's strong correlations there. There are. It, just the way that you think, it's, yeah, there's definitely high correlations between being good at music and intelligence. But at the same time... Not like test score, like, can you do math? It's just thinking outside the box and, like, abstract thinking. Well, the entirety of the Foo Fighters, with the exception of their, their recently added keyboardist, cannot read sheet music. Dave Grohl, drummer of Nirvana, played in Them Crooked Vultures as a drummer, and now, of course, a Foo Fighters fame... The, the head, you know, the the the, um, the front man for Foo Fighters, he can't read sheet music. So, the Foo Fighters are arguably my favorite band of all time. So, not that that's necessarily that or the person on a knock on his intelligence, like but, America's Got Talent or whatever. That blind guy who was like autistic, yeah, and he like his voice was incredible. Yeah, I mean, he definitely can't read sheet music because he's blind. Yeah, and then he was just amazing. Yeah, as uh, I'd probably. Go with the stupid drunk band. <laughs> yeah, just if you were there for an hour, you weren't planning to see your favorite band of all time. You just wanted to be entertained. Yeah. It's not like I'm paying out the wazoo for these tickets. Yeah, I mean, if I have I have to watch a band for an hour before Monster Hunter again, it would definitely be the stupid one. Yeah. And see what they could come up with. What do you have to lose? I mean, it'll make for a nice, uh, interesting podcast chat. Yeah, and hopefully they're on drugs and, like, hallucinating and, like... Go after the fans. Yeah. And like crowd surf around. And then we could become friends once I lift them above my head. Okay. And then they can Monster Hunter with me. And then we can cuddle. <laughs> that sounds like a fun time, Ryan. Yeah. So interesting. ignoring me. Yeah. Interesting thing <laughs> here. We got to that point. Yeah. So I left these cards on the kitchen table all week. Okay. And somehow they got stuck. So the bottom card, this one that says Worldwide Perfection, got stuck. And when I ripped it off, the bottom of the card, you can't see the wording. So my buddy Zach Archer of the Tarkaron podcast records it with Chronolink 9. You can find it on YouTube. Please, please check them out. They record a great show covering a variety of pop culture topics. They were the ones, Zach specifically, who turned me on to Chuck Klosterman's hypotheticals. Yeah, you did a recording with them. That's right. On these. So he sent me a picture. I asked him last night, like, hey, man, can you send me a picture of this card? He came in real strong. So this one is worldwide perfection, Ryan. You ready for this? Yep, I'm ready. Scientists build a massive space station that allows mankind to control the worldwide weather. Ooh. As a result, there are no more weather emergencies. There are no more droughts or floods or tornadoes, and global warming has been eliminated. However, there's an immediate demand for perfect days because the weather can be controlled. Many people want the weather to be nicer and more predictable. A large segment of the populace wants there to be two specific dates, April 22nd and October 22nd, where every place on Earth would simultaneously experience ideal weather conditions for 24 hours. 
these two days would become worldwide holidays, ideal for weddings, reunions, outdoor sporting events, and any tourism or traveling that demands meteorological perfection. Every community on Earth would have perfect weather on these two designated days. However, the environmental community claims that this might be um, risky. There is no precedent for, quote, worldwide perfection, and environmental leaders fear this could create problems we cannot foresee. It can't be nice everywhere, says Universal Weather Tsar Al Gore. (laughs) (laughs) Is that really what it says? Yeah. At any given moment... Tsar, I like that. At any given moment, at least one-third of the planet needs to be dealing with semi-crappy weather. However, no one can specifically prove why this alleged perfection would be dangerous. Oh, and that's, that was Al Gore speaking that at any given moment, at least. He's the one who thought Florida was going to be underwater by now. Oh, really? Yeah. And he created the internet. I was about to I say. about that. Yeah, thanks to him. However, no one can specifically prove why this alleged perfection would be dangerous because it's never happened before. Ryan, where would you stand on this issue? Do you want the perfect, although potentially harmful days? Mm. I mean, being able to control the weather would be awesome. Um... The problem is you people would use it to for financial gain very quickly. I mean I would. Mm-hmm. You want your flight to go well? hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, like weddings. I mean wasn't Jeff the person who married you guys talking about like a hundred degree wedding like a week later after yours? Yeah, they they were all inside in the coolest area of the building. They all ran out there and did their wedding in like five minutes and then ran back inside because it was just unbearable. Yeah, as far as like, I wonder why April and October. Like, those are really random dates. I think April is kind of like really getting into the end of spring or like the thick of spring and October is kind of like the thick of fall and you just want those perfect spring and fall days. But I think for me personally, I guess I like and don't like the unpredictability of weather but I also like the natural changing of season to season. Yeah, I mean, like, the only reason good weather is good is because bad weather is bad. Like, if you don't, if you're, if good is the status quo, then you have nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. It becomes bad eventually. And you want more perfect weather, whatever that is. Well, yeah, because it's just so- like winter. You kind of crave the fall, wintry season because you like being indoors, drinking your hot chocolate, watching you know holiday-related movies. But then it gets to a point; it's like, okay, I'm sick and tired of snow, getting into car crashes on my way to work. I kind of want to you know make the transition to spring, have the rain, get the grass and the greens coming back. But then it's like I'm kind of sick of rain. I kind of want a nice drought, steady 70 to 80 degrees with a little bit of humidity, so I can go watch my football games. Welcome summer. Yeah, or like a rainy movie day. Yeah. Or like a video game day. I mean, like, the only reason, like, you were super happy is because we've been through bad times, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like the weather would be the same way. I agree. I don't like that. I mean, it's a cool thing in theory, but I don't think I'd, I'd be on board I mean, it. I'd awesome, it would be awesome to be able to, like, create tornadoes and, like, just we could terraform Antarctica and turn it into, like... I mean, you probably couldn't, but like turn it into this tropical wonderland. I feel like with if, like hybrid penguins. I feel like if all of Antarctica melted, we'd probably find a lot of prehistoric life from we'd that. We'd probably be pretty dead. Well, we definitely would. <laughs> we'd be underwater. Yeah, we'd still record the podcast. Yeah, we'd just grow gills and uh, figure out how to get electricity underwater. We would just go live with Jar Jar and all the um the Gungans. Yeah, or Aquaman 
and his luscious locks of love. Yes, we would definitely <laughs> live with the great Jason Samoa. No, I mean Samoa. Ma- Momoa. Momoa. He's a Samoan. He's a he likes mimosas. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's a cool idea. I mean, I don't know how it would work. I mean, isn't there a conspiracy that like we currently have that technology? We just agreed not to use it. Pretty sure there's a conspiracy like that. Potentially. We also probably have space weapons, but I think that's also outlawed. I think dinosaurs are in Area 51, Ryan. Yeah. And I think Naruto learned that information, but he they turned him into a cartoon because they didn't want him to... I heard that rumor as well. Conspiracy theories coming at you in a couple episodes. You don't want to miss it. Did Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did that... When is that Naruto run? It already happened. Did it? Did people die? So like, you know, millions of people... (laughs) I say excitedly. (laughs) Millions of people signed the petition, and I think like 70 people showed up. Did they get arrested? I don't know if there was any arrests. I just know that they didn't actually make the charge. Yeah, because no shit. It's the internet. (laughs) Yeah. So... That's sad. No one's committed anymore, Ryan. I know, right? It's just fucking millennials. Gosh. You're the worst, even though I'm in that generation, totally. That's right. The kidnapper, Ryan. Okay. You were kidnapped by a diabolical but completely honest madman. Actually, wait, wait, wait. I was on a bit a business trip and they're like, we were at dinner. Or this, I think we were having drinks, like in the hotel afterwards from mm-hmm. that story. And they brought up like, millennials are like the worst. Like they, they don't commit and like, because... All of at 3% unemployment, everyone's having turnover problems. They're like, yeah, just shitting on millennials and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a millennial. I guess you guys don't want business. (laughs) (laughs) Dropping bombs. Jokingly. And they're just like, well, they're not the worst. How about Generation Z? (laughs) (laughs) Like, we just moved down the line. Is that like people born in the 2000s, like early 2000s? Okay. And I don't know. There's another one as well, but... Interesting. They're worse. All right. You ready to move on? Sure. All right. You were kidnapped by a diabolical but completely honest madman. He locks you in an empty attic where the temperature is 100 degrees. Okay. Your feet and hands are tied together. There's no food or water. After 24 excruciating hours... Do we get our favorite soundtrack during these excruciating hours? That's what I have to wonder. The madman opens the attic door and it enters with... I was going to try to sing Enya, but... The second I was thinking of like the song, I knew it would not turn out this way that the Shire music would. <laughs> no one needs that in their ears, Ryan. The madman opens the attic door and enters with three glasses of ice water on a serving tray. He takes an eyedropper and squirts a colorless, odorless liquid into one of the glasses. This is poison, he tells you. <laughs> <laughs> he then blindfolds you. When he removes the blindfold 30 seconds later, there's a drinking straw in each of the water glasses, but you have no idea which glass contains the poison. Feel free to have a refreshing sip of water, he says. Of course, if you select the glass that contains that poison, you'll be dead within 90 minutes. And just so you know, I promise to release you from this attic in 48 hours. He then laughs like a maniac and exits the attic, locking the door behind him. What do you do, Ryan? Do you gamble and drink, or do you try to wait out the madman? You've already been in there for twenty-four. You can only go three days without. You can only go three days without wadding. You're sweating profusely. You're gonna die if you don't drink one of the waters. Yeah, I mean, you have a sixty-seven percent chance. Yeah, that's pretty good. Those are pretty good odds. I wonder if you dilute the poison and drink all three. Would that help? Yeah. Well, okay. So, do you know how like snake venom works? It actually like coagulates your blood. 
and like clots it up into these like giant like patties of blood. Have you ever seen like snake venom coagulate blood in a vial? Well, yeah. Some people use stevia in their coffee, and I use snake venom. So, <laughs> oh, so you you have like patches of blood in you? Yeah, exactly. How does that taste? I'm basically Voldemort's uh, pet snake. So, <laughs> yeah, Nagini, I'm sure Nagini. Voldemort was sucking the venom out of its like as it's going tongue to tongue with a snake. I'm basically Nagini. So, Ryan, what do you do with this water? Drink it. Drink one of them. Yeah. I mean, you have to. You have no way of getting out. And you have Monster Hunter ranks to make. So. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Shit's got... I mean, I can drink an anti-potion in Monster Hunter, and it'll heal me in the real world. And dude, if this is a Wednesday, we already have plans Tuesday, so you've already dropped like I'm like three, three Monster ranks behind. Yeah. You're drinking all that water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to die either way. Yeah. All right, Ryan. This next one is the unknown... Cart me back to camp. That's right. The Unknown Companion. Okay. At the age of 30, you suffer a blow to the... Wait, 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 you never answered. Have you ever seen coagulated blood from snake venom? I have not. It's really interesting. I'll YouTube that after this. That's also one of those rabbit holes that I got down. I figured that's why I tried to change the subject. (laughs) Yeah. At the age of 30, you suffer a blow to the skull. The head trauma leaves you with a rare form of partial amnesia. Though you are otherwise fine, you're completely missing five years from your life. You have no memory of anything that happened between the ages of 23 and 28. So apparently I'm just going to wake up one morning and have no idea who this girl is sitting next to me. Who are you? Or this psycho dog. There's a dog? (laughs) That period of you, uh, your life is completely gone. You were told by friends and family that when you were 25, you supposedly became close friends with someone you met on the street. You possess numerous photos uh, of you and this person, and everyone in your life insists that this individual was your best friend for more than two years. You were allegedly inseparable. In fact, you find several old letters and emails from this person that vaguely indicate that you may have even shared a brief romantic relationship. But something happened between you and this individual when you were 27, and the friendship abruptly ended, and apparently you never told anyone what caused this schism. Is that how you say that word? Yeah. And so it remains a mystery to all. The friend moved away soon after the incident, wholly disappearing from your life day-to-day, your your day-to-day life. But you have no memory of any of this. Within the context of your own mind, this person never even existed. There is tangible proof that you deeply loved this friend, but whenever you look at his or her photograph, all you see is a stranger. Six weeks after your accident, you are informed that this person has suddenly died. Oh, shit. How sad do you feel? Zero. You have no, like, emotional attach. That was a dark twist in the last sentence. Seriously. I was thinking, I was like, do I go back and rekindle that relationship? I thought that's what this was going like, to. It's like, okay, do you make amends? Do you even try though? to figure out like what you did wrong? Oh, they're dead. Do you feel hurt? Like, hey, I was concussed <laughs> by Shaq's dick. Like, I don't remember yeah. anything from the past five years. Like, let's just make amends. Oh. No, I, I j- death is a happy thing. Well, I think... I have mixed emotions. I think what I would try and do most is not read into the letters and the the photograph, the photographs, or like all that kind of stuff. Why you guys broke it off or whatever? Because then I think then I'd probably go into a deep depression. I think the lack of knowing would be the thing that eats away at me. Yeah. Opposed to like this person who I never met because of amnesia. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'd probably be sad that they died, but. 
not like super heartbroken because I didn't know them in my current state. And somewhat relieved that if they did never want to speak to you again, it wasn't soul crushing for you to want to rekindle what once was, even though you didn't have a clear idea of what could have been. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not anticipate that the card. That was a very weird twist. Ryan, this next one, I listened to the Tarkron podcast and the most recent hypotheticals episode they did. I think this might be my favorite in all of the hypothetical cards. Really? It's called The Dream VCR. The Dream VCR. At long last, someone invents the Dream VCR, Ryan. This machine allows you to tape an entire evening's worth of your dreams, which you can then watch at your leisure. However, the inventor of the Dream VCR will only allow to allow you to use this device if you agree to a strange caveat. There's always caveats with hypotheticals. Yeah. When you watch your dreams, you must do so with your family and your closest friends in the same room. They get to watch your dreams along with you. And if you don't agree to this, you can't use the Dream VCR. Would you still do this? Oh, gosh. I had a crazy dream that I would not want my family watching last night. I think the only, like, between my, you know, super crazy... Like night terrors? Well, no, I think those would be kind of interesting and fun to watch. <laughs> Look at me. There's my dog falling to its death. <laughs> <laughs> like, great. Well, I think I'd probably like show that to my boss, like back in my previous job, and see like this is how fucked up my mind is right now. I need to go home because I can't. I'm not sleeping well, and this is the result: seeing my dog fall off of the dam level and Goldeneye splatting at the ground. Yeah, but like no. I I had a because I had a lot of anxiety earlier this week, um, like Monday, Tuesday, and I had a dream that like, like after going to the doctors that night, I had a dream that like I was I don't know where I was, but my arm got cut all the way from like my shoulder down to like my wrists, mm -hmm. three different places, and it wasn't like I was bleeding out; it was just my skin was coming apart. And, like, my heart and organs were falling out of this opening in my arm. Oh, my gosh. And then it would heal itself. And then, like, I'd go to work. And then it would quickly get, like, recut. And then my, like, intestines would fall out of me. And, like, oh, <laughs> I was like. Gross. <laughs> I told Lauren that at coffee. She's like, you need to find a different job. Yeah, that's I think <laughs> that's, the <message. laughs> that's the messaging there. Um, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, but, like, when it comes to, like, dreams where you're, like thinking it's like sexual dreams well i think you know the, that's what i was gonna say You're is like, those oh, are we watching porn together well those hormone raging like 12 to 16 years where it's like you had those types of dreams like all the time yeah i think i'd probably you know put a hard stop to those <laughs> yeah but i think now like into my adult years like even the other night i um you know typically i'll set my alarm and i actually purposely do this sometimes i'll set my alarm for a lot earlier than i want to wake up and then every 10 minutes, I'll set another alarm. Because at this point, Lauren's already gone, so it's not disturbing her. And you, you've you said before that like that's the most intense time when you're having repeat of dreams because of whatever stage of sleep you're in. Yeah, it's the first level of sleep. It's like a light sleep that's very close to the same brainwaves as REM. Yeah, and so... And being awake. And so what I'll typically do is if I'm having a really intense, interesting dream, I'll keep shutting off the alarm and so I can go back into that dream. Yeah, and you can rapid fire dreams too that way, which is awesome. Yeah. So like doing snooze for five minutes, I mean, dreams are only a few seconds long, mm -hmm. but they feel like that you've been in them for hours. Like in a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love that. Like, I think I could get past it like, I don't know, because some of the dreams drag on and you're like, 
that was kind of fucked up. Yeah. Or like, like sex stuff. You're like, I wouldn't want people seeing that. Well, I think people have to understand that one, I think everyone has psycho dreams occasionally. Sexual or just like people are dying, bodies are melting, things are falling from the sky. Whatever the scenario is, our dreams are screwed. Yeah. And I think to be able to tape the entirety of my dreams over the years, dude, I could probably be like a, a screenwriter. Yeah, I used to write them down. Or like an author. Like I could basically, you know, be Stephen King's successor probably, <laughs> especially during my previous employment. Well, keep yeah, keep it like a dream log. That some of those are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um I had one like reoccurring one where I was in the woods as like a kid. And I don't know if it was because I watched the Blair Witch Project, but like there was always this I can even still visually picture it, like going up a ridge and like I would always like slowly make my way closer and higher up this ridge. And then like I got to the top one time and like people were drowning on the other side and like I knew them from like my classes and then it would cut me out and I was like, shit, maybe in a couple weeks I'll be back in that dream. Interesting. Yeah. Or there's one with like alien ships above my parents house and like my classmates and i were trying to figure out um like what the hell was going on and like i was digging holes because that was at the point where dad was trying to dig out that back patio area Mm -hmm. yeah that would be a lot of fun i would love to like yeah see my dreams yeah i'm 100 percent on board with that that's really interesting i would also love it without the caveat (laughs) yeah so i could also like like what is going on in my brain that is making me think this way? And I would like to re- like unconsciously know that they're being recorded and kind of sent to the cloud or some some form of media that I could just click a button and watch them on my computer or on the TV and then wait a few months. Because typically you wake up, it's very vivid, you remember the dream. And then you can like walk to the sink and brush your teeth. It's gone. And you finish brushing your teeth and you're like, holy shit, that's completely gone. I don't remember what the heck happened. So, like, to your point, having a, a journal next to you and writing it down, but aside from that, playing to this scenario specifically, having them recorded, forgetting them, you know, seconds later, and then coming back to them, like, six to eight months later, and just taking a Friday night and just watching, like, this 10-hour clip of different dreams. You're like, I wonder be, what's going to happen next because it feels like you're tripping on acid. It really would be, yeah. Because it, it's so wild. I mean... I've never done drugs before, but I feel like you like dreams are what it would be like if you were completely strung out, tripping on something. So like some like uh, what do they call those hallucinogens? hallucinogens. Like if yeah. you were tripping out on something like that, welcome to Rusty's dream world. Like it would just be something out of like <coughs> Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun, dude. I would love that. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah I'm have 100%. you ever done the like lucid dreaming stuff? Like, try to get your brain to allow you to interact with the dream while trying to stay asleep. Not necessarily, but I have been aware that I'm dreaming when I'm in a dream, okay. and I've been trying to do everything I can not to stop that process. Yeah, like Inception, you just need to wait, like have a top. I mean, it's it's hard to formulate a top in a dream, mm-hmm. but usually, like, because I was trying to do it back in middle school, or I think it was high school. And I think, I don't know if I told this, it's been 60 episodes, I might have talked about this. We have new listeners, it's fine. Yeah, so I put like an X on my hand, and basically every time I looked down, I'd re- like in the real world, I'd have an X on my hand. But then in my dream, because you do it so often, or you try to do it so often that you you tie that in your mind that you're awake. And then in the dream, you look down, there's no X 
on your hand and then you kind of you can pull yourself out and realize that you're dreaming mm-hmm. and like i've spawned hookers <laughs> like i've gone flying and like you try to stay there as long as possible but like i've like in dreams like spawned shit and i'm like this is cool <laughs> that is pretty neat yeah good stuff why well, i had so much fun doing these hypotheticals I'm not sure if it's something that we can maybe revisit like in a year from now because I feel like we'd have different answers. I mean, we could do the ones we did originally and I feel like we'd have different answers. Probably. Even though the scenarios are similar. Are there similar things to this? I don't know. Chuck Klosterman wrote a book about like sex, drugs, and Cocoa Puffs or something like that. Oh, cool. Um, So I'm sure that's equally as screwed up as the hypotheticals. Yeah. But check out Chuck Klosterman. You can find these hypotheticals on Amazon. I don't think I paid more than 20 bucks for these. But really good fun, even if you're just hanging out with a bunch of friends on a Friday night, having some drinks, playing some board games, you bust these out and you'll have like, it'd be fun to get more people's perspectives on these topics. Kind of just round round robin, just different people, like what would you do? What would you say? Uh, so highly recommended. Check it out. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed our discussions on them. Yeah. So now we get into something we didn't actually say we were going to get into. What? Are you kidding me, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's we've been talking about it for like four to six episodes, and we've just kind of been pushing it off. I think this has been going on for like two months, actually. Yeah. At least, probably longer than that. So when I originally introduced the idea of segments for both Ryan and myself, we talked about Ryan doing some crazy, I throw out a scenario, and he just improvs and goes off the, the, rain, or off the rails doing what Ryan does well, which is just pulling things out of nowhere and making people laugh, right? Yeah. And we kind of just didn't make a segment out of that. He just does that as he pleases on the podcast. Yeah. Because we're explicit now. Surprise. And then we also created the Night Owl segment, Night Owl Media, I should say, which is Rusty gets anxiety when he's trying to figure out what he wants to play or watch at night. So Ryan chooses a TV show or a movie for him to watch. We come back to the podcast and we discuss it. Yeah, and then you ignored it and then you picked your own. Well, so did you actually, did you watch any more? No, this week's just been hell. Okay, that's cool. uh, We'll get back to that. Maybe even later tonight. Yeah. We'll watch some full, full metal. Well, Haloing. But the original, you know, conception of the segments, uh, my idea or the segment that I was going to do for me was Rusty's retro recommendation because I play a lot of licensed games. I play a lot of games that you know your average person wouldn't wouldn't have played back on the the PS2, Xbox, GameCube days, even on the N64. And so back then, I actually created a list of about 10 to 15 games that i wanted to showcase on this segment yeah rusty's retro recommendation and you know as i spoke about last episode when you introduce lots of questions and the other segments in that ryan and i have on the show like games we've been playing recently hypotheticals back of the box trivia whatever it is or just like our favorite games of all time you know whatever segment we have planned for the show it's tough to fit in Rusty's retro recommendation. Yeah. But we just said, fuck it. Let's just surprise the listeners. Thanks to Logan, he dropped a note on the Discord because it's kind of a, a joke of a segment now. We yeah. always say we're going to do it, but then we ne- never actually address on the episode. Like, actually, guys, we don't have enough time. We just don't do it. So <laughs> We just lie. We're actually doing it now. I'm showcasing one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube. A game that Pete Dore... He created a YouTube video years ago. It was his most disappointing games of all time, and he Aww. showcased this game. So that was just gut-wrenching to me because when I played this back in the day, 
I absolutely adored it because it deals with one of my favorite works of fix- fiction and franchises, that being Lord of the Rings. Yeah. This game being, you know, everyone talks about The Return of the King and Two Towers by EA being really great action third-person games. Well, there was actually a turn-based RPG on those same consoles called Lord of the Rings The Third Age. And so I kind of want to just go through, with this segment, I kind of breaking it down into three things. So the first is story. High level, I kind of want to walk through where this this story kind of takes place. And this is this is for all... Hyperth- or not hypotheticals. This is for all Rusty's rec- retro recommendation games. I'm going to talk about story, the gameplay, and then just some fun little tidbits that really separate it from other games, um, either in the genre or just in general. So, Ryan, I'm going to kick off talking about Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King on the PS2, Xbox, and GameCube right now. Sounds good. All right, so this game, again, was released on those three consoles in 2004 and was developed by EA Redwood Studios later rebranded as Visceral Games. Okay. So fans of the Dead Space games. Yeah. They created those. So, oh yeah, so I have my notes here that they created games like Cyber Tiger in the PS1 days. It was a goofy golfing game. The great James Bond games, like oh. Agent Under Fire, Night Fire, and Everything or Nothing. And then, of course, when they were rebranded as Visceral, they created the Dead Space games. And a quick... Uh, thing I want to preface this with is that this is in no way, um, it's parallel to the narrative of the film trilogy, but it is not canonical in any way. Okay. All right. So I I just want to preface the game or preface it by saying that. So the game begins as you playing as Barathor. He's a captain of the Citadel Guard of Gondor traveling to Rivendell to find his friend Boromir. Oh. So on the outskirts of Rivendell, he's attacked by the Nazgul, but is rescued by Idriel, who is basically this elf-like character. She's a female, and she's in service of Galadriel. Okay. So as they travel through the forest, they see a horde of of Creebane, which were, of course, a species of large crow-like black birds native to Dunland and just Middle-earth in general. Is it the same creatures that were like those clouds? So, yeah, the ones that Saruman controls and uses as spies. So Idriel at this point, you know, determines that Saruman has betrayed the elves and really all of Middle-earth, and um, he finds out that she's leaving for the Grey Havens, or that's her plan. So these two characters end up continuing their journey into the Misty Mountains and eventually come across a Dunedain ranger named Elagost. So think an Aragorn-like character. More so, I would say, Faramir, you know? He's a skilled bowman. Yeah. So it's here that they learn that the Fellowship tried to pass through the mountains, but were forced to make their way through Moria due to a storm. Elagos mentioned that he and a dwarf were hunting together, but they got separated during the storm. So the three of them travel to Moria in hopes of finding them and the Fellowship. When they arrive, they meet a dwarf, one of my favorite, if not probably my favorite character in the game. His name's Hadhod. Hadhod. Very Gimli-like. Yeah. So from here, you travel through the game with this cast of characters. Later, when you're in the Two Towers kind of storyline, you're joined by two additional characters that you meet in Rohan, all of which feature completely different movesets and abilities that uniquely aid you in combat. And as previously said, you play through the entirety of the trilogy's bigger moments, so you actually get to take part in the Balrog fight at the Bridge of Khazad-dûm. Really? You also get to um, fight in the Battle of Helm's Deep and even fighting the Witch King alongside Eowyn in the Plains of Pelennor. That's cool. So really good stuff there. That's kind of a, a high-level look into the story without getting into the more granular-level details. But as I said, it, it's 
it plays in parallel to the uh, the story, the narrative mm-hmm. of the films. So there's nothing groundbreaking in terms of story revelations, but also it's not canonical in any way. So it doesn't you know bleed into the actual storyline of the movies. But getting into the gameplay, I would say in its simplest terms, it's kind of a 3D open world exploration game okay. with relatively random encounters that lead you into turn-based combat similar to the Final Fantasy games. And I say relatively random encounters because random encounters happen in one of two ways. So the first is you see this little icon in the top right corner of your screen. It's the Eye of Sauron. And at the darker that this icon gets, it's the closer you're getting to a random encounter, which will just net you experience points. Yeah. The other icon that you'll see is a blue Palantir icon at the top right corner. And as that gets darker and darker, it's it's evidence that you're approaching a story combat mission. Okay. And so a cutscene will ensue and you're and then you play into this 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 battle as part of the, the grander story. Mm-hmm. And so as your party characters level up, you obtain um, attribute points that you need to manually allocate to a number of possible options. So those just being strength, spirit, speed, and dexterity, which of course will increase your speed, your strength, your actual hit power, um, and also just like your magic abilities and things like that. So very standard RPG 101. So you can grind it out if you want to level up. Yeah, so as you're in these different areas, I say it's open world, but you're really kind of in a general mapped out area. You can't leave this area unless you want to progress the story. But you can run around to your heart's content and level up, grind, and get experience points and things like so that. So how do you heal once you're done grinding? So you have a number of the different you know items that you get, whether they're in chests in the game, or after battles, you typically get um, either new armor for your characters or just several different um, items. Okay. And you just have to apply um, whatever healing items there are, Lembus bread or you know elf medicine and things like yeah. that to increase your HP. But I will say each time you level up, all your HP, all of your MP goes to full. Goes to full. Cool. So, getting into kind of the fun tidbits of the game that really, for me personally, set itself apart. Even though it's a Lord of the Rings game, clearly Rusty's probably gonna love it. But Ryan, you'll probably appreciate this. Whenever you find your new gear, which happens very frequently, um, whether it's in chests hidden around the open world levels, or I would say after major boss battles, you get really great gear. But even just grinding it out among normal goblins and orcs, you still get new gear. When you equip that to your characters, you, of course, see your physical appearance change as you equip these new helmets, chest plates, braces for your arms, swords, axes, bow and arrows, whatever it might be. And I would say the really cool thing, too, being a game that came out in 2004, in future cutscenes, the cutscene plays with you wearing that new armor set. Yeah. So it's not like your character has this standard look. And that's not even in all games nowadays. Yeah. So it's pretty impressive for a game. It wasn't like this game was developed by Square Enix or anything. So um, I don't think Visceral Games um, had like the grandest of budgets back in the day. But the, the other really neat thing is that as you come into more prominent moments from the films, like fighting the Balrog, uh, defending the walls of Helm's Deep, or even defending the gates of Minas Tirith and Return of the King, you'll get to fight alongside and even control characters like Gandalf, Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn. Okay. Which is always really nice because they're typically, if you're level 60, they're operating on level like 75. A lot more health. Gandalf especially has some of the coolest attacks and things like that. So really good stuff. And then once you complete complete a major section of the game, one of the really neat things is that you can actually replay it in evil mode. So you can't 
progress and, and walk around the open world, but you can replay specific levels playing as the Balrog or playing as the Nazgul or playing as the Witch King and things like that. Yeah. Was there a similar game on the PSP? Yes. So this was called Lord of the Rings Tactics, and this is actually more like the um, the Game Boy Advance version of Lord of the Rings The Third Age. It played as kind of a very tactical grid-based uh, RPG. Yeah, because I beat that one. And you good can play. And light. Yep, you can play both good and evil campaign. Which was fun. Yep. And so you can also play this game co op. So you and I could play. And while I, being the single player person or first person, I would, you know, control the character, run around on the map. But when we actually go into combat, we would interchangeably play as the different characters. Okay. So I might be Bear Thor, you'd be Hadhot type of thing, which is really neat. So that's at a very high level, Lord of the Rings, the Third Age. Again, it's one of my favorite games from that era because I feel like it was so overlooked because it is, generally speaking, a pretty generic turn-based RPG. It doesn't do anything to really set itself apart. But I mean, for, for the game to, one, take place alongside the films, you get to experience all the set-piece moments from the films, even so far as controlling characters like Legolas and Aragorn. Yeah. And then just that additional feature of seeing your character's appearance change as you equip and find new gear really, for me, just sets it over the bar. Yeah. It's just a really outstanding, enjoyable RPG set in the Middle-Earth universe. <laughs> the uh, the lawnmower man outside agrees. Or no, maybe... No, it, it sounds like a, a vacuum or a chainsaw above us. Yeah, I think someone's chainsawing their, uh, their spouse upstairs, so... Happy Halloween, folks. <laughs> yeah. But I also brought out the, the game. I have it on PS2 here. Reading some of the back-of-the-box. Speaking of back-of-the-box trivia... Electronic Gaming Monthly, RIP, I don't think they're in existence anymore, says, quote, the most exciting RPG since Final Fantasy. Wow. People were really That's hyping this so. up back in the day that it was going to be a Final Fantasy caliber game. I don't think it has quite the same polish as a Final Fantasy game, but I think given the developer, given that it's set in the Lord of the Rings universe, I think it does a hell of a job, you know, fitting that RPG genre bill so some of the other things here it says battle alongside members of the fellowship in an adventure spanning all three films in the lord of the rings trilogy journey through middle earth with six new playable characters from the movies customize your heroes with an in-depth skill tree and over half a million weapon item and armor combinations holy cow all new turn-based combat system gives a new level of strategic control over combat encounters Adventure with friends in cooperative multiplayer mode, stunning special effects and voiceover from the original actors bring the cinematic feel of the films to life, wreck havoc as the Balrog, a minion of Sauron, or other enemies in an expansive minigame. And that was one of the things I forgot to say as well, is that during the more prominent moments in the film, you actually see the footage from the movie play out in the game. That's cool. Which is pretty cool, and it kind of leads you into the actual battle of like the Balrog or, or Helm's Deep and whatnot. So yeah, I definitely would have enjoyed that if I had a PS2. Good stuff. You can get it on GameCube and Xbox as Xbox as well. You can probably pick this game up for ten bucks at less at your local mom and pop. Hit the eBay's, grab it. I'd really recommend people check it out. It's just a really fun turn-based RPG. I'd also recommend people check out the Game Boy Advance game. I would say this plays very similar to an Advance Wars Fire uh, Fire Emblem type game. Get it on the Game Boy Advance. You can also find it super super cheap. And again, it just plays as more of a grid-based tactical RPG as opposed to its 3D kind of open-world turn-based RPG um, older brother on the PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. Well, with the rumors of uh, PS5 being able to do backwards compatibility throughout PS1, 
then I'd have the chance to play that. I'd let you borrow it, man. Yeah, thanks. That's really good times. So check out Lord of the Rings, The Third Age, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed Rusty's recommendation. I have plenty more to go. I Again, I said in the beginning of the segment that I have 10 to 15 of these that I'd like to get through, and the list is ever-growing. As I look back on my PS2, PS1, N64, and GameCube catalogs, I think I have a lot of games that, even today, stand the test of time and would be really fun for people to pop in. And some of these games on the list are even on the PS4, um, PSN store that have been kind of gently remastered for PS4 uh, with just a fresh put, uh, coat of paint. So something to look forward to in the future. But all right, Ryan, we are now in the final stretch of this episode. As promised in the beginning and probably two episodes ago, we are concluding this episode, Milestone Episode 60, with some back-of-the-box trivia. You bet we are. I think we've done this maybe two times before this. I think one other time. Just one other time? Yeah, according to my documents. Okay, well, I think it was I did it for you once, and then you did it for me. And now we're doing it collectively, making it a game of it. Yeah. So, should be fun. I, again, selected eight games for Ryan. I know he's played all of these games, some of them less than others, but I think he certainly had enough exposure with them to be able to, you know, get these right. We'll see what happens, though. We're going to go back and forth, and again, the person that reigns supreme is uh, president of this podcast. Okay. Okay. So, supreme bragging rights here, Ryan. How do you want to do this? You want to kick it off? You want me to kick it off you first? You kick it off. All right. So this first game here is certainly one I believe Ryan has played before. We've talked about it on episodes in the past. Here we go. Ryan, this time your choices affect everyone around you. It is t- a time of darkness. The blank have hunted the blank to the edge of extinction, and only you remain. As you struggle to reconnect with the blank, your decisions will lead you to the blank or blank and will affect everyone around you. The fate of humanity rests in your hands. What? (laughs) The blank were hunted to the... The brink of of extinction. extinction. I don't know why I can only think of deer. (laughs) I was like, I haven't played any duck hunting games or deer games. I don't think Duck Hunt was that that intense. That intense back in 1986 or whatever. Um, the blank were hunted to the brink of extinction. This time, your choices affect everyone around you. It is a time of darkness. The blank have hunted the blank to the brink of extinction. And only you, as a singular this, remain. As you struggle to reconnect with the blank. <laughs> I like that the way that you're emphasizing things, it's all just in your eyes and like your head. Yeah. <laughs> your decisions will lead you <laughs> to the blank. No, listen to this. Your decisions, right? Yeah. Will lead you to the blank or the blank and will affect everyone around you as a result of that. The blank or the blank. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that, Ryan. Hmm. I'm I'm thinking the only brink of extinction. How about we get five hints? All right, we get five hints for all eight of these, not individually, but collectively throughout the entirety of this game. I can give you five hints. 
Well, the only thing I can that's really coming to mind is like the dinosaur robots are hunting humanity to the brink of extinction. It's a nice train of thought, but you're wrong. All right. Okay. So, so it's not Horizon. No. Shit. All right. Um, so just let me know if you want to hint, but keep in mind you have seven more of these. The plank running to the brink of extinction. And I've played this game. 100%. We've talked about it in the past few weeks, actually. And that was a, like a semi-hint, but I won't count it. God, what game? I was like, that's way too intense for Pokemon. Yeah, And it's definitely not Monster Hunter. Maybe if I was talking about like Pokemon X when they had the Pokemon War. The Pokemon War. Could you imagine a game about that? We should definitely, we deserve a Pokemon, like a rated M Pokemon game. Yeah, just electrocuting trainers and like exploding people. Like Like heads just being lopped off by... Yeah, their eyes liquidated from the electricity. Yeah. So happy things. Um, What games have we talked about? It's definitely not ukulele. No, it's not. It is not that. But um, let's not spend too much time on this, all right? So I don't know. You don't even want to waste a hint here? Well, I have seven more. I I don't want to waste it on the first one. Okay. That's My problem is I hoard stuff like that, and then I never use them, and then I end up... Well, if you get to this next one, the third one, you're still not using them, I, I would hope that you'd start to yeah, yeah, yeah. use them, right? I so don't know. You and I'm up. not going to waste one. Okay. Well, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So, if we read this again, this time your choices affect everyone around you. It is a time of darkness. The Sith have hunted the, the Jedi to the edge of extinction, and only you remain. As you struggle to reconnect with the Force, your decisions will lead you to the light side or the dark side and will affect everyone around you. The fate of humanity rests in your hands. Shit. So, that and zero, Ryan. It's okay. We got seven <laughs> more of these. And I'm going to have like a slight timer, so if we're going like two to three minutes and we're still just completely, yeah, you know, we'll just move on. All right. All right. Let's see. I think you've played this one. All right. Here we go. Um, or you've at least owned it at one point. I've owned a lot of games at certain times yeah. in my life. Um, <coughs> follow a magical journey of a young boy who enters a beautiful and dangerous parallel world in the attempt to save blank. Is this it? That's it? That's all that's on the back. Do you want the French version? Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. Fuck. <laughs> In one line? Yeah, because Oliver, the main character, travels to a Have parallel... you actually played that game? No, but I um, I just know how the story plays out. Well, I don't know the whole story. I just know that Oliver's... Well, I don't want to spoil it for people. It's all Pete's fault. He spoiled it in the beginning of uh, a podcast episode when he was talking back on Algen Gamers like six years ago. See, this is the one I think I thought you hadn't played, but you'd heard of, but I didn't know you knew the entire plot. Well, I know how, like, what sets this young kid on this adventure. Like, what causes him to go on this adventure? Okay, well, balls. Yeah. All right. So, Rusty's <laughs> Rusty's up one nothing. One nothing. See, I was trying to be strategic and just got shit on. That's okay, Ryan. We got seven more of these, man. All right, Rusty one. This next game, I think, uh, I would be. You're going home, and we're, we're stopping the podcast if you can't get this. All right? Okay. A new world awaits. Once a decade, blank crosses the sea. 
heading for a distant, unexplored continent. Drawn to this migration, you embark on an epic journey to unravel this mystery and the dangers that lie beneath. It definitely sounds like Monster Hunter World. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> so, there yeah. you go. I had to throw a couple in there that I was like, listen, I'm going to slaughter Ryan in this contest. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. He needs a few gimmies, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to love that Eververse. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's good stuff. All right. So. One to one. You're batting five or uh, yeah, you're batting five hundred, Ryan. That's good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The blank have invaded your TV. Now join them in the wackiest TV party ever. That's it. Yeah. That, yeah. The wackiest have invaded your TV. If you that doesn't help at all. There's like little side things that I could say, like for little slide blurbs, but. Oh, it's it's got to be some kind of party game, right? I mean, it's. I'm thinking it's some collective, um, you know, game of like. A, there's a lot of mini games involved. I want to think. I mean, I'm thinking Mario Party, but I'm not sold on that yet. Party with four player multiplayer in an all new eight player arcade mode. Eight player arcade mode. Read the the the, the main thing again. The blanks have invaded your TV. Now join them in the wackiest TV party ever. Blank have invaded your TV. This isn't like Raymond Raving Rabbids, is it? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I've never even played that game. But I just, I, I remember seeing the Wii cover, actually. And I thought I remember it's like a blue cover with like a silhouette. Uh, there's like a an outline on the rabbit of like yellow and black, sort of. And he's like punching his way through the TV. Yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of yeah. right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm kind of proud. nice. I'm proud of myself. That's... Interesting, because I'm like, that does not sound like a party like mini game fest that I've played before. But then I remember going through all the launch titles last week for the I think the Wii and Rayman Raving Rabbids was one of them, and I said, "Wow, that's a lot of R's." Yeah, and that kind of popped in my mind. Good stuff. All right, I tried two for two. No, no, dude, you're doing good. I like it. All right, let me make sure that I'm not redoing these. So let me know all when right. you're ready. I am ready. Now, the back of the box capitalized this second word, at least the first half of it. Ready? Be fearsome, all right? As a foursome. Journey the world of blank and engage in battles to save blank, a timeless city of safe haven and the last remaining stronghold for your people. Join the blank to battle powerful creatures, discover rich treasures, and unravel the mysteries of this ancient world. Say that again. What was the first part? Be fearsome as a foursome. Journey the world of blank and engage in battles to save blank, a timeless city of safe haven, and the last remaining stronghold for your people. Join the blank to battle powerful creatures, discover rich treasures, and unravel the mysteries of this ancient world. The foursome thing is throwing me off. Okay. Think of... What this is expecting of you to do, like what you know, you're yeah, it's you're, like an on, probably an online or a multiplayer. I'm trying to think what online game I've played with four people. Don't read into the online aspect too much. So it won't be like a Destiny or something. Um, think of join the the blank to battle powerful creatures, creatures, Ryan. Discover rich treasures. 
and unravel the mysteries of this ancient world. All right? Yeah. Be fearsome as a foursome. Wouldn't be the first time for you. <laughs> ah, Matt. <laughs> fearsome as a foursome. All right. Let me know if you want a hint. Remember, you're on your third third game here. Yeah, I'll take I'll take a hint. Okay. Let me think of something that's not going to completely give this away, even though it probably will. No, this is this is I think it's a good hint. It's a Diablo clone. Oh. We've talked about it on the podcast before. The series was mentioned in a recent episode. Yeah, I was gonna say what was it? Like the Dark the Throne of Agony or something like that? No, that is a PSP game that I pulled out of the air somehow and it was a game that you had played. Yeah, I was <laughs> so surprised and I have it now. Yeah. God, what's the other one? What's that other one? Yep, that's it. You just got to name it now. <laughs> there, there's no way I know that name. It's, um... Shit. You can do this. Yeah, One of your favorite I'm PSP not, games. It is. It's, um... It's not Dun... I want to say it's Dungeon Siege. No, that's Throne of Agony. Six words. That's, I'm not counting that as a, a hint. Is it Dungeon Siege? Throne of Agony is the one that I was thinking. It's not Dungeon Siege. No, it's not that game. No. Okay. And then, yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of the other one. People are like screaming at their mics right now. Oh, I'm sure. Cars. I can't pull names out of my ass. I'm excellent at that. I put that on my resume. <laughs> Rusty, CPA, pulls names out of ass. <laughs> <laughs> Useful in tight situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. I can picture my awesome silvery armor, too. Yeah, it's not helping you out. No, it's right not now. helping me out. Neither are the hours that you put into that game. Yeah. So what is Brian, it? I'll give you about 30 more seconds here. We gotta... I, I'm not going to be ca- able to come up with it. You're and not? it's pissing me off. All right. It's Untold Legends Untold, yeah, Brotherhood no of the Blade. <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. Yep. All right, so you're doing uh, one for three. That's not bad. That's 33%. That's uh, not as bad as the... Uh, well, actually, that is... That's what I got in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm ready to rhyme whenever you are. All right. Hold on. What's the score? Is it three to one? No, I don't have three, right? I got Nino Cooney. I got two to one. Raymond, yeah. So I'm, I'll be three for three after this, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe. Um, a boisterous band of blank carry out a daring escape. It's anarchy, and it's up to you to stop the blank before they make blank out of blank. That's some bullshit right there. All right, so I got. I think if I name any of those, it you've got it. So, so a boisterous band of blank, blank carry out a daring escape. Yeah, you said. Yeah, blank escape, but. Oh, so there's a word before escape. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to smooth it over. It's blank anarchy, and it's up to you to stop the blank. I guess before they make chumps out of blank. Um. No, what is it? Batman Arkham Asylum? 
No. I want a hint. All right. A boisterous band of blank carry out a daring zoo escape. It's blank anarchy. And it's up to you to stop the blanks before they make chumps out of the human race. What? Out of the zoo? An escape from the zoo? Putt-Putt goes to the zoo? I thought that was on the moon. What do you mean? Is Putt-Putt... No, it's not that game. But okay, he goes everywhere. He goes to the zoo. Is the moon one the different than... <laughs> <laughs> he loves their wings. That's why he went. <laughs> um, it's not like Zoo Tycoon. I'm thinking of like um, Tokyo Jungle, that crazy roguelike game where you play it as like different animals. No. All right, I don't want to delay us. I'm just going to give up. Ape Escape? Okay, that's fair. A boisterous band of baboons carry out a daring zoo escape. It's Ape Anarchy. And it's up to you to stop the chimps before they make chumps out of the human race. Ah, okay, that's a good one. I felt like that any of those other words related to apes would give it away. If you said chimps, I would have been like, chimps out of chumps or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I would have gotten it. I thought chumps was, yeah. That's close enough. Nice. That's fair. All right, so I think we're two two to one right now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> making a comeback. This quarter uh, three. That's right. This one, um, it'll be interesting because we haven't talked a lot about this, but I know you're a fan of the game. All right. Okay. Shit, I've lost. <laughs> <laughs> one big. All right, I'll restart here. You, you shifted. You in good position. Yeah. All right. One big crazy awesome shooter. After an asteroid impacts Earth. Humanity attempts to rebuild. Sheltered in cryogenic lifeboats, survivors emerge years after impact to a devastated planet where some of mankind survived, in struggling settlements or murderous bandit clans. While horrific mutants roam the dead cities, and a mysterious tyrannical government is on the hunt for you. (laughs) (laughs) My first thought was, like, Fallout 3. And you're on the right track but it's that's a nuke and really all the fallouts are nukes right mm-hmm. not a meteor keep mm. keep going that train of thought though you're you're really close what games are like fallout what are a meteor i'm seeing if there's any words here that i could really hone in on since i haven't played the game it's tough for me to really say like oh this is definitely gonna kind of give it away Can you- sheltered in cryogenic lifeboats Survivors emerge years later, after impact to a devastated planet, where some of mankind survived in struggling settlements. I think this is good. Or murderous bandit clans, right? While horrific mutants roam the dead cities. Well, that's why I was thinking Fallout, because mutants are super mutants. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be like a Borderlands. Because... You're so, like, I know I'm giving you too many hints here. Think of Borderlands meets Fallout. Borderlands meets Fallout. And you basically have this game. Borderlands meets Fallout. Yep. You got this. How many do I have left? Um How many more games after? or hints? Games. I have four hints you left. Have f- and you have four more games left. After this? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if it's worth it. Do you want a hint? Fuck it, I'll go for it. What's the hint? Let me make sure. Let me corroborate this evidence with Google, all right? Okay. Borderlands. Because I don't want to give you 
a false hint oh, here. I'd love to know what system it is. Is it... No, it wouldn't be like Bethesda's... Uh, Bethesda published id software famous for their doom games developed i'm trying to think they just is they just came out with a second one um not this series i want to say it's dust is a racing game Wait, right did they it's um come out the second one in the series oh shit they just, yes a second game did come out recently i forgot that this happened yeah i know what you're it is i just don't know the name <laughs> damn it it's uh, I gambled so much in this game. Yeah, this is that and game, it, and I got shotgun fire shells. Because I remember that's what you talked about when we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, was your gambling it was addiction? My gambling addiction, yeah. and I got awesome gear. Yep. It's um. God, I wish I could use Google. This it, is an untold legends. I mean, this is such a simple name. I know it's one word. Yeah. Just go through the alphabet, Ryan. A, B, C, You're D, gonna me out. E, F, G. <laughs> it's... Fuck. All right, I'll give you about 30 more seconds. I, I... I'm going to lose because I can't think of words. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's... 25? No, 25. I, I'm not going to... I'm just going to beat myself up not knowing it. What is it? Rage. Rift. Damn it. Yep. <laughs> See, I know all the details. I just don't know the word. I knew about the gambling. Yeah. <laughs> I was good at gambling. Uh, that's, uh, so what are you batting? Uh, one for four. 25%. Oh, yeah. That's closer to Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> two. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I've got, what, two for four? Or two for three? Two for three. Two for three. All right. Let's make it three for four. <coughs> all right. Um... I'm going to go through one rendition, and I'm going to censor a lot, just because I think... You I'm going might... to get this immediately? Yeah. Okay. And then if it isn't, like... As in... Yeah. Yeah. I hear you out. I'll, I'll run it. through it again. A valuable blank is stolen, and blank is charged with its theft. Only one blank can save him. Blank. The name. It's up to the galaxy's top spy to solve this mystery and cover the true mastermind behind this crime. Behind this crime. Okay. Someone steals something in space. This doesn't sound like a Mass Effect game. I'm trying to think of the only games that I've played that are that go on in space, other than Star Wars. Because if it's that shitty Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign, we're not even going there right now. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that mean. Yeah. I'm mean, but not that bad. Yeah, you are pretty bastard. Uh, I haven't played Dead Space. It can't be that. That's just not fair. So someone's charged with the theft, and it's the fate of the galaxy rests in this person's hands or something stupid like that. When a valuable blank is stolen by blank... Er, and blank is charged with its theft. Only one blank can save him. Um, it's up to the galaxy's top spy to solve this mystery. And he covered the true mastermind behind. This crime. sounds like a Star Wars game. For sure. I want a hint. Okay. When a valuable gem is stolen and blank is charged with its theft, only one blank can save him. And then the rest is... Or do you want to, like... More of a hint. Well, now I'm thinking Ratchet and Clank. Um, but if it's Ratchet and Clank, then uh, 
Damn it. So I've used two hints, I think, this far. thus far. I um, am still not 100% sure on this. Ratchet and Clank going commando. No. Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going like, <laughs> to run off the history of this. Star Wars Jedi Outcast 2. No. All right, I give up. You're closer with the other one. Oh, uh, so it's like up your arsenal. What is up your arsenal? Is that like a shove it up your ass kind of thing? Well, all the Ratchet and Clanks are like that. Yeah, it's like they're all like innuendos. So you have like a crack in time, which I guess isn't necessarily an innuendo. But you have going commando, up your arsenal. Um, What was the other one? I guess those were the only two maybe. There were a few others that had some weird names. Okay. A crack in time? No. Tools of Destruction? <laughs> no. Well, fuck me. I don't know all the Ratchet and Clank games. There's okay. a million of them. What was it? Secret Agent Clank. Screw everything. <laughs> <laughs> when a valuable gem is stolen by or stolen and Ratchet is charged with its theft, only one robot. I was afraid Robot would give it away. Okay. I never played him. Secret Agent Clank. That was a, a solo a solo Clank adventure. That's fine. You're just playing to win, Ryan. I get it. (laughs) Cheating as much as possible. Well, I I need a big handicap. You do. You do. (laughs) I knew two of them, and I just couldn't think of words. I mean, I I got Nina Kuni right off the bat. Let's be fair. This next one, Ryan, are you ready for it? Fucking horn. We've got four more apiece, and the score is two to one. Yes. All right, let's do this. The epic beginning of a new adventure. Just as light is intertwined with darkness, so too is the blank intertwined with the dreaded blank. Follow the captivating tale of a hunted blank and his loyal companions on their adventure to unravel the mystery of an ominous threat facing the world. I think light and dark, I think of Star Wars. But everything else is so vague. (laughs) Follow the captivating tale of a hunted blank and his loyal companions, right? On their adventure to unravel the mystery of an ominous threat facing the world. Hunted blank and his companions. Um. I'm going to grab my phone. I want to make sure Lauren's not texting me. Okay. Yeah, it's probably safe after last time. She shit on me about it. Yeah. Light and dark. I want to say like Knights of the Old Republic 2. No, I wouldn't do two of the same series games. Okay, I was going to say. Hmm. Hunted Blank and his companions. What was the second next part? On their adventure to unravel the mystery of an ominous threat facing the world. Hmm. I don't want to spend too much more time on this one, but think about it. The epic beginning of a new adventure, okay. right? Just as light is intertwined with darkness, so too is the blank intertwined with the dreaded blank. Follow the captivating tale of a hunted blank and his loyal companions on their adventure to unravel the mysterious or the mystery of an ominous threat facing the world. Let me know if you want a hint. I'll take a hint. Mm-hmm. It's a game that you purchased late last year that you so convincingly told me that you were playing the demo and not the real game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 
is it Dragon Quest Eleven? That's it. <laughs> that was so funny. You're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is that pisses me off is you didn't hide like because you can pretend you're offline when you're actually online. Playing, I was actually thinking about that today. And you instead hid your trophies, so I still saw what you were playing. Yeah, I fucked it up. All and right? I was like, I get it. And now, but you haven't unhid that because I like going to see what trophies people are unlocking. I know. I was actually thinking about that. So you need to undo that. I do. So I can see what trophies you're... I need to figure out how to hide what I'm playing. Just show them offline. I can show you how to do that. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan. I just don't know my password anymore, so I have to, like, go through the whole process of, like, sending an email and... Yeah. All right. Whatever. Well, so now you're two for 300, I think. Is Is that what the count is? No, you're two for five. Yes. And I'm two for four. Correct. All right. Let's hear the fifth one here. Okay, I think you've played this. It's in. I, I, at the very least, I know of the game. Yes. Okay. Once each generation, the world's mightiest heroes, fiercest warriors, and most powerful athletes gather together to compete in the blank. That's it. All right. Do you want the next portion? Does that not ring a bell? Well, unless it's <laughs> okay. like Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. It could be. Is there an Sonic Olympic game? Yeah, there's like seven of them. Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Oh, that's a thing? I thought you were just pulling words out of your ass. Well, I'm good at that, but no, that's a real game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Play as blank and blank in their fight for the championship and the future of the blank people. That's it. Read the first thing again. Uh, once each generation, the world's mightiest heroes, fiercest warriors, and most powerful athletes gather to compete in the blank. When you throw in athletes, that's what's really throwing me off here. I know. I'm like, we're like, okay, these barbarian men are coming to just like <laughs> see how much meat and beer they can drink. Or Sonic. And then you throw in athletes, and I'm like, okay, so now we're all of a sudden pole vaulting over poles and shot putting? This isn't lining up. Um, I want a hint. How many hints have you given me? Two? Yeah. Two out of five. All right, let's hear the third. It's a platformer. It's a platformer? I don't know if that's too big of a hint or too little of a plan hint. It's once every generation. Sonic Generations. No. Hmm. So what were the three things? Once every generation, what, what, and what come together? <clears throat> warriors. Mightiest heroes, fiercest warriors. And most powerful athletes. Okay. I really need to get this one. But I don't know the freaking (laughs) answer. Like, I don't even have an idea. So I'm thinking of, all right, rummaging through my mind the platformers that I've played over the years on the N64. Gosh, nothing sounds like that would be the case. Have we talked about this on the podcast before? No. I've played this one, though. <laughs> Gosh. So you at least know of it if I have know of it. A platformer. Really? Um. Hmm. I, I honestly have no idea. If you've played it, though, I'm thinking it's probably more of like a a 360 Wii title or PS3 but then the fiercest 
warriors and almighty athlete gods. None of that is aligning with platformers. <laughs> I know. Other than Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. So. You give up? I give up. All right. So once a generation, the world's mightiest heroes and fiercest warriors. Or wait. Fiercest warriors and most powerful athletes gather to compete in the Great Juju Challenge. Play as Tack and Locke in their fight oh. for the championship for the future of the Papanunu people. Papua New Guinea? No. This is a made-up place, probably? Yeah, it's a made-up people. Tack and the Great Juju Challenge. Is that the name of the game, or is it yeah, Tack the- and the Power of Juju? Great Juju Challenge. This was some offshoot game because Tack and the Power of Juju was like an excellent 3D platformer. Yeah. That I actually rented from Hollywood Video back in the day. Because I played whatever Tack game is a platformer. That's Tack and the Power this, of Juju. I thought that was this one. This must have been a subset. This is some bullshit. This is like cheating. This is like back of the box trivia voting fraud or something. It's a Nintendo game. It's not cheating. <laughs> All right. That's fair it's enough. T- you didn't even guess Tack. <laughs> well, whatever. We're moving on. We're moving on to this game here. I'm looking forward to to seeing how you do on this one. Okay. You ready? Yep. So I have two left? You have three left. Okay. And you have... To, okay. This is the sixth of eight. Blank reinvents itself as the series moves in a new direction. U.S. Agent Blank has been tasked to look into the abduction of the president's daughter, and his investigation has led him to a mysterious location in Europe. As Blank encounters unimaginable horrors, he must find out what is behind the terror. Sounds like Resident Evil 4. Fuck. Because it's President's Daughter. Well, I figured you played for like five minutes and you had no idea what was going on. Yeah, but I, I'm a story person. I give a shit about the President's Daughter and the bullshit gameplay that came, comes henceforth. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> What's the next one? Do you think I wouldn't get it? No, I didn't think you were going to get oh, okay. it. I wouldn't have asked if I thought you would. Okay, cool. I don't know how to censor this, so I'm just going to flat out read it. So, um, <coughs> I know we've talked about this one. Okay. There are brains everywhere, uh, just not in the right heads. Something evil came out of the lake and stole them all, leaving everyone brainless, but not me. And then I think the rest would give it away. What? So I've gotten three out of five hints so far. So I only have two hints left. Yeah. I, I mean, I could, the only hint I could give you is continue reading because I've never played this game. But we've talked about it? You know I've played it. Yeah, it's been in a few people's like top ten. Oh, really? Pretty sure. Read it again. Uh, there were brains everywhere, just not in the right heads. Something evil came out of the lake and stole them all, leaving everyone brainless but me. Something came out of the lake and left everyone brainless? Yeah. Except the main protagonist. Since I don't know, I haven't played this game, I don't know what gives things away for the story. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think the next four words would give it away, maybe. If you want to use a hint, I could just continue reading. Yeah, I need the points at this point. I guess four, do you want, if I think, I don't know. An old man in my head who loves bacon. These are some of the tools that can help me break into the sane asylum and destroy the dark plot hatching there. Eternal darkness? No. 
No. What in the world? Some old man in my head that likes bacon? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I have no idea. I believe this is another platformer. If this is a game in people's top 10 lists, I am so... Pretty sure. I, there's no way I've played this game. I. Everyone's brainless. Just not in the right heads. Something evil came out of the lake and stole them all. Leaving everyone brainless but me. Blank, 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 blank. An evil man in my head who loves bacon. These are some of the tools that will help me break into the insane asylum and destroy the dark plot hatching there. Untitled Goose Game? (laughs) (laughs) Close. Oh, man. I am so at a loss for words right now. It's rated T for teen. Stubbs the zombie. Now I'm just thinking of like random zombie games. I have no idea. Psychonauts? <sighs> okay. I have it downloaded on my PS4. I've not played it. Yeah. Astral projections, telekinesis, levitation, clairvoyance. Um, yeah. I I know it's... Tim Schafer. Yeah. Ugh. One of the top 10 platformers on the PS2. Yeah. it's about sounds about right. <laughs> It's the tenth one I never played. Yeah. So, you've at least heard of it. Yeah. No, I've of course heard of it. Okay. Of course heard of it. I think they're doing a second one, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Maybe that's the other series that I don't know. I'm not even gonna try and misspeak here. All right, Ryan. Here we go. The seventh one, and okay. I think you have one. I think no. I I have two left because I was gonna use it. Yeah, but now you're up three to my two, right? Oh, I was thinking uh, hints. And how many hints do you have left? I have two. Okay. Because I would have been out. If I used all of them, I would have been out the last one. Okay. So I'm equal because I didn't use one last time. When a newly developed teleportation device malfunctions, blank must journey through blank to rescue a mysterious girl from an intricate web of past and present perils. Timeless gameplay feels fresher than ever. Bonuses include brand new dungeons and a multiplayer arena. (laughs) Read that again? When a newly developed teleportation device malfunctions, blank must journey through blank to rescue a mysterious girl from an intricate web of past and present perils. Timeless gameplay feels fresher than ever. Bonuses include brand new dungeons and a multiplayer arena. Shit, I know what this is. I just can't think of the name. I still have it, actually, on the DS at my house. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, it was that RPG where you go back and rescue the girl in the past and she turns out to be a princess and all that jazz. Hmm. What was the name of that game, Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck off. (laughs) God, what is it? It's, um... You've got ten seconds. I know, I know. It's... (sighs) Can he get it, folks? Can he? What I don't know if he will. All I'm thinking is the only words that are coming to my head are cyberpunk, but that's the new game that's coming out. Yeah, that's it's definitely so, not it. It's definitely not it. It's. I'm not going to get it. Just tell me and ruin my day. Now, if I tell you this, you um, you're, uh, it doesn't count at this point. It's over. But um, who recently called in and left us a voice message? Chrono Trigger, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Damn it. That's right. All right, so Rusty has a chance to sweep in and get the last two. 
for the potential win. Or we might have a tie, and I don't have any sudden death back of the box trivia's. So we'll just have to both be co-presidents. That's right. Yeah. <coughs> this one's gonna be weird to censor. Okay. Um, you we've talked about this on the podcast, and you played it. Okay. Okay. The battle drawing. The battle. Wow. The battle lines have been drawn. An elite group of sly strategists is massing troops at the border. That's a grammatical error. It should be R because of pluralities. Um, You'll have command over ground, air, and naval forces if you hope to survive the upcoming blank. So it sounds like a real-time strategy game uh, or or just some type of, of war game, I suppose. A game that we've both played and talked about on the podcast. Let's let's reread this one. Okay. The battle lines have been drawn. An elite group of slice strategists is massing troops at the borders. You'll have command over ground, air, and naval forces if you hope to survive the coming blanks. I don't feel like you've played like any strategy games before, but and it wouldn't be Empire Earth because that takes place over the course of I guess thousands of years, if you will, and this is a very specific time period, clearly. So, um, StarCraft? I didn't have a PC that could run StarCraft. Well, I feel like you wouldn't have a PC to run the game you're talking about, because this sounds like a... Have you ever played StarCraft? No, I'd like to. I feel like I'd invest my life. Don't they have, like, really intense tournaments with StarCraft? Yeah, in Korea. Actually, Pete Dorr, back in the day, he'd stay up until, like, ungodly hours in the morning to watch... To fight Koreans? Well, no, he probably did that, too, but he watched the tournaments that went on. Oh. He was heavily invested in StarCraft 2 when that came out. Yeah, it never made any sense to me, because there was all, like, these little bug armies, and then, like, they're harvesting resources, Mm -hmm. and then people would get really upset when their resources weren't harvested. Yeah, it looks pretty fun. I'd like to play that at some point, but now we're back to back of the box trivia, folks. So if it's not StarCraft, it's not Empire Earth, Halo Wars, no, that wouldn't make sense either. It's not Battle for Middle-Earth 2, because nothing that you describe is, like, Middle-Earthy. That's true. It's not. I. How many hints do I have left? One? I, I wasn't keeping track. I, maybe. I think sure. I have one hint left, and I points are critical, so what's my hint? With 114 maps to battle on both single-pack and multi-pack link modes, blank brings turn-based strategy um, to a depth never seen before. Advanced Wars. Yep. Hell yes! Coming in strong! <laughs> What's up? Rusty's back in the game. I love that game. All right. I'm feeling good about myself. Okay. Last one. So last one for you, Ryan. I think you have... One more. One hint left? All right, let's do this. Search for Lost Blank on Fun Adventure, fun Rescue Adventures. Get ready to join Blank on lots of exciting rescue missions. You and her sister, Blank, work as a team to care for each Blank. Barbie Pet Rescue. Fuck everything. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say rescue. Like... Everything in my entire life when someone says rescue, I think of Barbie Pet Rescue. Well, then it would have been search for lost blank on fe- uh, on fun blank adventures. Get ready to join blank on lots of exciting blank missions. <laughs> you and her sister blank work as a team to care for each blank. You can also play Oh, I would have still gotten it with care for blank with your sister. Yeah. Screw everything. All right. <laughs> so it's four to three right now. Yeah. 
I actually, if we're being honest. Was that one of your spare games? Barbie Rescue <laughs> from last time. Nice. Yeah, it is an extra. Along with Cuphead, but the back of the box of Cuphead does Well, I've never have... played that, so I wouldn't Yeah, yeah. I had it just in case, but it didn't really have a lot of information. Okay. <laughs> this could be victory. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me figure out real quick. Let me do a quick run through. Entertain the listeners. All right, folks. On Monday Night Football, we're actually going to be getting the final Rise of Skywalker trailer. Tune into Monday Night Football because not only are we going to get that, after the trailer releases, we are going to be able to pre-order our tickets for the Rise of Skywalker, the end of the Skywalker saga on December 20th. Ryan, to you. All right. So join the only blank game based off of the beloved fantasy universe of blank. Adventures from blank to the dark heart of the blank and discover blank like never before. All right, reread that, please. I need to figure out where I blanked. <laughs> uh, join the only blank game based off of, based on the beloved fantasy universe of blank. Uh, adventure from the blank to the dark heart of the blank and discover uh, blank like you've never before. Okay, so this is based on a beloved franchise, and it's the only video game to this point that's in this franchise. This is what I'm gathering here. And it's a fantasy universe, so it would be Lord of the Rings, because there's too many of those, and the first Lord of the Rings game was back in like the 80s or the 70s, some old PC game. Couldn't be Star Wars, because there's too many of those, too. And based on a beloved franchise or piece of fiction or work... Potentially The Witcher, but let's go back to the beginning of this again. We'll- Join the only blank game based on the beloved fantasy universe of blank. Adventure from the blank to the dark heart of the blank and discover blank like never before. The Witcher. No. I can continue a little bit more. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out how. Um be among the first to experience the dread and wonder of blank as you battle blank in the world beneath. Hmm. The world beneath, huh? I'm trying to think of something that would make sense. The world beneath, though. Dante's Inferno. I actually really wanted to play the game, but no. Have you heard your things? I heard, it looked really cool. Yeah, I heard it was kind of like a God of War clone. Yeah. You know, very action-heavy, beating up a bunch of dudes. Yeah. And it's based, of Having course, the literary work of... Uh, Dante. Yeah. In his Inferno. Uh, I'm not sure. So this won't count, but just give me a hint. Not based on the context of the back of the box, but just the game itself. You've definitely played about it. And we played def- about it or played Sorry. and talked about it. I'm, I'm like reading and like you've definitely played it and we've definitely talked about it in the last week. Oh shit. I don't know. Are you giving up? Well, I mean, I don't want to, but Scooby's in there crying, so we got to get him re- released. Okay. You've talked about it today. Really? Mass Effect? No. Um. The Evil Within? <laughs> the look you just gave me. No. I, I seriously have no idea. Okay, are you giving up? Yes. 
Join the only massive, massively multiplayer online role-playing no. game based off on the beloved franchise of J.R.R. Tolkien. No! <laughs> Adventure from the shrine to the dark heart of the Misty Mountains and discover Middle-Earth like never before. Be among the first to experience the dread and wonder of Moria as you battle Sauron's evil minions in the earth. Beneath, or the world beneath. That's tough. Well, good on you for beating me fair yeah. and square, four to three. <laughs> president <laughs> or emperor of the podcast. You well, can be president. I'll be the emperor. Okay. Well, or like you can be prime minister. I'm worried about having your hands, you know, directing the future of this show. I know. But we'll see what happens. Anyways, as I mentioned earlier, be on your toes in, in anticipation and excitement for this Rise of Skywalker. The final trailer releases on Monday during Monday Night Football. Definitely give that a watch because Ryan and I will probably be dissecting it and talking about it on next week's show. Yeah. And again, public service announcement for the listeners. Please, 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 please. I want to make this this next episode as good as it can possibly be. And I don't think we'll do ourselves justice if we don't have listener involvement and feedback. So please write in either on the Discord, link in the show notes, or write into the Gmail, Ari Lewis. Just kidding, that's my personal email. <laughs> Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. The link is also in the show notes. Shoot us an email with your top five childhood games, whatever you deem to be your childhood. I'm not going to use the same restrictions that Ryan and I are using for ourselves, for you folks out there. Write in with your top five childhood games. Maybe have a couple sentences tied to each to kind of share some anecdotes and why they held why they hold such a special place in your heart. We really want to make that episode to be very listener focused. We'd really love and appreciate it. Ryan, thank we gotta thank the listeners. Thank you so much for continuing to support we got 60 episodes. Listen to this time. podcast for 60 episodes. The Discord is getting a lot more community involvement. So please, if you've not gone on to the Discord, simply click that button in the show notes. You'll automatically join the server and get in on the fun discussion going on over there. I'd keep going on promoting this amazing podcast that Ryan and I are doing, <laughs> but Ryan and I actually have to get to play Halo 4 on Legendary Edition, eat some snacks, have a couple drinks, and just have a good time. So Ryan, do you have any parting words for the listeners? Just, yeah, listen to Rusty. Uh, I, I'm gonna give my power up as president, and he can remain leader of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Ryan. Yeah, well, I can usurp you. So, oh, well, that's true too. Stay on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week for the top 10 childhood games episode. See ya.